welcome everybody to episode 29 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. 29. And do you know what is so good about the number 29? Uh, it was my age four years ago. <laughs> There's no, I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> uh, but joining me is the whole crew. So, Krabby, you're back. I'm back. Yay. Where you been? I have been just working and not sleeping. Oh. That's it. Nothing exciting. That sucks. Just too busy. (laughs) Why would you do that to yourself? Um, It'll be worth it in a year or two, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get rich. Don't don't let the man get you down. And I guess by the man, I mean you, because you're the boss. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Krabby, we've missed you. We keep telling everybody like, oh yeah, he'll be on the next episode. And then you're not there. And then people, people, people making ask liar, me. People, making liars out of you. People have asked me in person when you're going to be back on the show. Oh, yeah? Just like at the supermarket and the mall? Just... Yeah. No, at, at, yeah. at Retro Games, like talking to Rustly Man and some other guys, uh, just like when I stop in the store. Uh, and I told Russ, like, yeah, we mentioned, you know, your show on one of the last shows. Like, oh, cool, thanks. He's like, yeah, your last show was great. When's Krabby coming back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got I, a message from the uh, Off the Charts guys to ask him when I'd be back on RF Gen there. Yeah, they liked your money. Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, was, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I had a tweet from him. I like to sit out think, oh, we're recording soon. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Looking forward to it. Is Krabby going to be on this one? <laughs> Is, Cra- yeah. is Krabby going to be on this one, or are we pulling funding? <laughs> <laughs> Pull the ad. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, of course, Bill. Bill, still love to have you with Bill, me, of Bill's still here. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, I'm so glad to get all of us back together in the same I, place. You guys did so good on the last two. I was really disappointed when listening to them that I missed out on them, because it was such good topics, it's, too. It's, uh. it's almost like Blues Brothers 2000, only good. Because <laughs> like the band's back together, you know. But uh, right. I, I remember like just chatting with Krabby, like either in like the group me or like in a thread, and like he was like, "Oh, I just wish I was there to say all the things that I was thinking that I couldn't say <laughs> when you were there." Well, I'm sure we'll get to a little of that. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. So, um, first off, want to do some quick thanks to everybody. So, um, I want to personally thank um, Matt, Jeff, John, and Chris guys on Nintendo Age that I hung out with uh, the other weekend. We went on a massive game hunt all over Indianapolis, so it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys very much. And then we had a couple of people donate to the show. So I want to mention that because, Bill, we had that heartfelt discussion where, you know, if you just give $3, you can feed a starving <laughs> podcaster. If you just, if everybody in the world just gave $1. Uh, and two people heard us. <laughs> uh, so two... <laughs> Thank you, two people. Uh, so first off, the wonderful, lovable Russ Lyman, Russly man. Yeah, good dude. Thank you. He's running his own show and he gives us money. Thanks, Russ. I know. <laughs> He's got his own. Because his show podcast to run. is successful, so they get paid, and oh, then he can send some of it back. I our see. Way. He, he's so goes. busy too. Like uh, uh, I'm going to see him uh, on Saturday at the next uh, uh, retro games event. But he uh, just on Facebook the other day he posted uh, he's made some custom uh, bookshelves. Um, for uh, him and his uh, uh, now wife uh, have a, a new place, and um, he just posted like you know kind of the unfinished wood, and then I I texted him and was like, hey, I've always wanted to build custom cabinets. Did you do those yourself, or could you help me? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. Like I just you know did the design of my notepad and then built them, and then he stained them like that same night. So he's always always making something. Like, whether it's a small craft, a big craft, a piece of furniture, something on his car. Like, the dude just never stops, and he's always making something cool. 
I'd agree. Yeah, if you follow him on uh, follow him on Twitter, he's at Russ Lyman or, or Rustly Man, whichever way you want to say that. So, Rustly Man. Yeah, he's posts cool stuff. And also, we got a contribution from uh, Disposed Hero over on RF Gen. So, nice. thank you very much, sir. I think Bill, we're inching closer to getting you that shock mount that you desire so badly. Um, I don't know if I desire it as badly as I used to desire it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that like, I used to kind of like, you know, my knee would like hit the desk or something like that. And like that would come through on the show. Uh, so, uh, you know, research this uh, spider, you know, uh, shock resistant mount for the microphone and just kind of been like had it on the back burner forever. But, uh, if, if people donated, I probably, uh, I wouldn't buy, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I, I, I'd, I'd lean against right, buying something buy for myself. Bill. I'd rather like, you know put it to the show like uh but, but you know the hosting it's like what are we gonna do pay for like two years out yeah i know well i guess we could pay for more bandwidth yeah do that more storage maybe we can make the show longer <laughs> i don't know yes. if anybody wants that but i don't know if crabby wants that oh, uh, i want that uh but i want to give you know before i i say so first off thanks everybody um, yeah thanks disposed appreciate it yeah thanks russ um I wanted to give you an opportunity, Krabby, because I know you're you're dying to do this. Um, <laughs> last show we talked a little bit about amiibos, and you weren't there, so so hit us with amiibos, please. <laughs> um, well, actually, I just bit the bullet on the last ones I'm missing, the expensive scalper bullet. So I, I will have a full <laughs> set very soon, <laughs> and, and until the next wave, of course. You're going crazy on these things, right? So. Uh, yeah, I was one of the dummies that made the mistake of seeing four Marths on my shelf at the local Target and going, I'll get that next week when I come back. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm paying more than four Marths worth for one Marth. And what you've learned is next time, just buy all of them on the shelf yourself and scalp them, right? Well, I'll send them to buddies. Yeah, right. Um, just mentioning that uh, boy still would like to find a pit. <laughs> at some point yes. in time I, i've let engineer mike know he does a lot of toy hunting for me so i told him if even though i've got one coming if he finds a double to to grab it for oh, you oh thank you i yeah i can't i can't afford to pay the big big pit dollars but uh you know <laughs> little pit dollars re- retail price pit i'm i'm down i have I'm no idea what you guys are talking about amiibos <laughs> yeah i know what amiibos are i that's the last thing i understood <laughs> you know who pit is who's pit is He's it pitigris Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, but Marth is probably the he's probably the worst, isn't he? Right now, price wise. Yeah, Marth uh, is the worst, followed by the We Fit Trainer and Villager. Well, yeah, Marth is the worst, way. but they're all pretty bad. <laughs> Some of them are yeah. pretty bad. Marth is the worst, but half of them are, are way above retail. So, being a person that's crazy enough to try to get all these things, which you are. Uh, what's your take? I mean, do you really like doing it or is it just like, this is Nintendo or what's going on? Oh, absolutely. I like it. Especially like the Marth one. I, I didn't have as much problem pulling the trigger on as opposed to if it was like the villager one, because I am also a big Fire Emblem fan. So I was able to justify it to myself that way too. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, you know what? Yeah. I I got ter- taught a long time ago that when you rationalize, you tell rational <laughs> lies. Oh yeah, I, I'm aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, a, that's the first step, man. That's the first step. Uh, so, in the box, out of the box, in the box. So but you don't ha- play with them. Not yet, but I, I have two Mega Man's pre-ordered so that I can have one in the box and one to open and use. 
So, right. so just just say I have two mega men. Two mega men. So let me ask you this. So so are you planning on buying multiples of many of these figures so that you can unlock their true potential? Maybe not many, but some. I I'll probably import a Japanese Marth because the figure itself will work. Um, okay. And then I'll have my North American one sealed, and I'll, I'll open like a Japanese one to play with. Would you, since these Uh-oh. are going to become kind of like a thing that people trade in loose at the store eventually, would you just mm-hmm. bring your system into the store to sync them when they come at as trade-ins? <laughs> no. Okay. You can't mix business and pleasure. <laughs> Even with Amiibos. It's a big no Amiibos break all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not the only one. Um, uh, Jeff that I was out with, um, you know, when we did the big hunt this little while back, he is actually going, uh, actively collecting for a complete sealed Wii U collection. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes, and he's right on track. <laughs> that includes variants. And um, the crazy special editions. This, this is totally not meant to sound snarky, but every time I I don't go into GameStop a whole lot, but I when I my father in law was in town uh, uh, for Christmas and my my wife's family, and while the girls were off like at like the makeup store, like we were kind of like at the Microsoft store and like you know GameStop and stuff, just kind of hanging out. And yeah. I walked into GameStop and this is a tiny experiment. I said to him, I said, okay, you've never been in the store before, right? He said, no. I said, do you, you don't really go to GameStop that often? No, not really. I said, okay. Tell me where the Wii U games are. And I just let him look around the store. So he mm-hmm. looked around the store. He looked around this, and I said, just don't leave this one spot, like standing in like the center of the store. Just don't leave here. Just don't walk around. So he looked around the store and he looked and he looked and he looked and he's like, okay, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and Sony, Microsoft, get the, the, okay. They don't have Wii U games. And I said, no, they're here. Keep looking. <laughs> so eventually he's like, oh, there they are. They're like kind of like the, the first four foot section in the store. And that's all they have. So, our store is actually even worse than that. If you stand in the center of the store, you literally can't see any 3DS or Wii U games because there's like a corner there around. Mm, okay. Yeah, my local GameStop, it's like right in the front, off to the like a little side by the counter. Now we we talked um, we talked about it before uh, trying to collect a complete set of a system that's still currently like you know on the market with new games yeah, coming he, out. Yeah, he's going for it, man. That's I mean you know hey. If, if if you've got the dollars, if that's not going to slow you down, then great. Um, but it, it's, it kind of comes back to me like I'd be interested to have a conversation with him based on, okay, why do you love this system? Or is it just because uh, I just decided I want to get everything for it, you know? Jeff Jeff's pretty hardcore Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And he's a big collector anyway. If you saw this guy's basement, it looks, um, I mean, like Shangri-La. Mm. Uh, of games. <laughs> uh, I like, mean, it like, looks like... like when you pull the bow out, it slows time down? Like something like it's like oh I walked into like 1998 Blockbuster and here's all the games on these nice racks. And were they? Yeah, they were open that year. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> like beautiful, just everything everywhere. All these beautiful boxes, mm-hmm. games, and but anyway, yeah, he's no, he's hardcore collector. Does really, but uh, yeah, it's amazing. Any like uh, even the crazy variants, but uh, man, I, 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 I got to give it to him. I'm like that's hardcore, dude. <laughs> Before we move on, I think I got a, a, another Amiibo story that Bill will appreciate. <laughs> okay, confusing. And, and, and by appreciate, yes. you mean? <laughs> no, no I, I literally mean that. Okay, just to see, like, just a story about how crazy a person has gotten from you. Like, you think it's ridiculous that I've spent, you know, scalper money on some of these, but this was even worse. Um, at, at the local EB Games here, I know a few of the employees there. So when the new wave comes in, they usually put 
put them all aside for me in a little drawer until I can come pick them up. And so I was, I didn't rush down to get to like Pit and Falcon and Luigi when they came out. And so I went in like a few days later to go grab them and there was none in the drawer and they were trying to figure out why they weren't there. And then so I'm like, oh, you guys track them down. I'll, I'll come back in a few more days and we'll, we'll settle up then. And when I came back in, the manager was in and I was talking with her and it turns out one of the employees was stealing all of the Amiibos <laughs> to like uh. scalp them online. And so they fired him over the Amiibos uh, that he was so, buying with his staff discount so, so to resell. So the thing resell. is, if he wasn't so greedy... If he was just paying for them, he still would have made money. Yep. yep. <laughs> but that's the depth it's gotten right. to, and, right? And, and and just to be clear, like you know, I know it probably kind of sounded like I was like poo pooing on them, like when we talked about them. It's just more of the fact that like it's 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 just not something that like I get. Like I don't have I have the sick I have a lot of di- other different sicknesses. I just don't have this particular sickness. So it's <laughs> right. it's just interesting to me to kind of like hear people like you know what like is it cuz it's Nintendo? Is it cuz it's official? Is it cuz you actually like the figures? Does the linking with the game actually mean anything to you? I'm I'm interested to to kind of see like where that explosion comes from. Um but it, but overall I, I think you just hit it there. I yeah. think it's it hits several different groups. Yeah. Some of which overlap, but it's yeah, it's not targeted at one particular game or right. one particular type of collector. It's targeted at several different ones. Yeah, which which, which only helps because you know you're you're hitting yeah. so many different groups. Um and, and, and just as a whole, I usually don't spend scalper money on anything as much as I, I love the stuff that I you know that I have as much as I really, really have like, you know, kind of this list both in my head and like on RF Gen of stuff that I really want to add to the collection. Um, I, I find it extremely difficult to pay, you know, scalper money for like almost anything. Like there's there's pieces in my collection that uh, have either been incomplete or just, you know, you know, just I things that I don't have forever and they've been available and I'm like, okay, I've got some PayPal money. I you know, I found some cheap stuff, flipped it, I've got some PayPal money. I find it very hard to pull the trigger on on you know stuff that's got scalper prices on it. So that has a lot to do with why I have a hard time understanding you know the Mebo thing. I can I consider it teaching myself a lesson, so I won't forget to go buy them at retail next time <laughs> when they come out the first day because <laughs> I don't want to keep doing. It. <laughs> well, I dipped my toe in the water. I bought my first Amiibo. So let me guess. I, I, let me guess. Yeah, Samus. Yeah, exactly. Of course. You got it. And if, Why you're, if, you? if you're gonna buy one though, like it, that's probably the one you buy. Well, I was um, when when we all got together the other weekend. You know, we were running around all day, and then we came back, and of course played games uh, and Wii U and stuff that night. And uh, Wii- one of the guys had had his Wii U. Yeah, love that. Uh, uh, <laughs> my my nipples look like nuts. <laughs> <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? <laughs> Uh, so you were playing with you, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I was playing. Uh, we were playing with you, but uh, one of the guys did have some open amiibos. So I was looking at him, and like the Samus figure was so cool. Uh, so I'm like, I gotta get Samus at least, and I'm glad I did because I really have not seen like Samuses are gone now. Mm. Yeah, it's usually just like what Mario's and uh, Pikachu's and the odd fox at the store now. When, I see when I Luigi. To... When I went to Toys R Us uh, that on that same mall trip that I was talking about earlier, um, we just popped over to Toys R Us, which is like across the street from our mall, and it was a whole bunch of Mario's, a whole bunch of Peaches, um, and there was one other. There was like one that I saw, and like I texted some of you guys, and I was like, "Is this thing rare? Because I've never seen it." And no one got back to me, so I guess it wasn't rare. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, but they were buy one get one forty percent off after Christmas, which is kind of surprising to me because I was like, oh, if these were yeah. if these were selling Gangbusters, why would they be such a almost like a buy one get one half off? Well, I'm just waiting for GameStop to force a reprint and charge ninety dollars a piece for them. Right, so. <laughs> but they open them first, so they're technically used. I, I almost never pre-order anything, but because of that one guy at GameStop, I went in and I was like, give me one of everything yeah. and two Mega Mans, and I just paid them all up front. Yeah, I mean, like, with, with new games, I don't buy more than, you know, a half dozen new games a year, typically, and I almost never buy on the day they come out. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 2.5 was like, uh, I want the limit, because the limited of one was amazing, and I really wanted the limited edition, so we'll we'll talk about that in a bit, but that's, yeah, I rarely pre-order. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Amiibo Gate, right? Amiibo Gate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for some questions? Yes. All right. Uh, so let's start with Twitter, shall we? We shall. Uh, at M Flaginski mm-hmm. again. Usually, he's a good questioner. He's a lot of questions over. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm going to imagine this is going to be a very probably similar answer for all of us. What's your best <laughs> MAGFest memory? I got a good one. Okay, you're the one that's been there, Bill. I have not. <laughs> oh, you've not been? <laughs> I have not been. Oh, I figured that was close to you, so it, maybe you, were, you had the uh, best chance. It's five-ish hours away. Okay, much closer than me. But, yes, yeah. yeah, closer than you and way closer than Krabby. But, uh, <laughs> and every year it's been like, ugh. I'm totally going to go to that next year, and then, like, it never happens. Because um, it's, what, like, late January in the D.C. area. It's, like, right now, I think, yeah. actually, like, this weekend yeah, or something. Yeah, it's coming up. So um, my best MAGFest memory is when uh, my buddy Chris, who owns the Retro Games Plus stores in Connecticut, uh, sent me a uh, text message from MAGFest and said, yo, this is really cool. You should totally come to this. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I think I can beat you a little. I was like, cool, sounds awesome. Rock on. <laughs> um, my buddy uh, John goes every year, and uh, John White, yes, of uh, Assimilate fame, yes, <laughs> yes, that John. Um, and uh, he uh, one year told me that. Um, uh, well, crap! See, his name just jumped right out of my head. The guy that did Streets of Rage and Revenge of Shinobi and all that. Uh, Sega. <laughs> yes, Sega. Bob, the actual, Bob, Bob Sega? Yuzo Kashiro. Yuzo Kashiro oh. was going to be there uh, and signing autographs. So uh, I sent with him my copy of Revenge of Shinobi, and Ooh. he had Yuzo Kashiro sign my copy of Revenge of Shinobi. So that's pretty awesome. That is pretty that awesome. Is awesome. For, quite honestly, he has actually a signed Final Fantasy VI CD soundtrack by um, Nobuo. Yep. Nice. Uh, U- Uematsu. Mm. Yeah, that's, crazy. That's, that that's a good soundtrack. There. Excellent. Yes. Krabby, any MAGFest memories? Um, no, I don't even have a MAGFest in my country, so I, <laughs> I got no, nothing to contribute here, unfortunately. Uh, maybe one day I'll go. I've been asked by a lot of people, and like, of course, I got friends that go, and but like the timing for me is just terrible. It, yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm coming off the everyone's coming off like the post holiday, you know, kind of letdown, and for me, like at work, it's kind of a busy time because you're coming back. It's like you know, mm-hmm. brand new year. It's it, it, the, the, make up for all that slacking uh, around Christmas, man. The t- yeah, I mean the timing is really just so bad. Um, and plus, like uh, uh, I had the baby, uh, my wife and I had the baby last uh, March, so it's like she was seven months pregnant. So it's like okay, 
I was laid off last January. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's there was a lot of things happening that uh, contributed. It's not going to Magfest, but uh, yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah, someday maybe. Uh, well, how about J Rock the game game rocker? So J Rock, uh, I've, I've been having a lot of uh, a lot of good f- conversations back and forth with Twitter. So if you want to follow J Rock, it's just at J Rock Game Rocker altogether. Uh, he asks. Which side do you prefer your Nintendo cards to stand on vertically for display? Labels facing left or labels facing right? I, I that's I at first I thought this was the same question we got before, but he's talking carts. <laughs> he's talking so, carts. Uh, so I'm with him. He's 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 listening. Um, uh-huh. Am I going first, or you guys want to go first? Go for it. All right. So the correct way to stand your Nintendo carts vertically for display is with the label of the game on the right side so that you would have to tilt your head slightly to the right to read the name of the game. Now... Because that is how books are. And books make you smart. So if this is how you have them, you are smart. You're pulling a library. Also, you know how Krabby has the Canadian flag, American flag thing on RF Gen? Mm. Like imagine having <laughs> books on the same shelf as your games, which I do. Who, who's going to be leaning left and leaning right? Yeah, come yeah. on, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Right. It's a good question, I'll, but that's the right answer. I'll give it. I'll give it to you, Krabby. I have mine the wrong way. Oh, <laughs> well, that's because <laughs> so you have to tilt your head to the left. I have to tilt my head to the left, but I, I have no books on the same shelf, so yeah. you don't have to go back and forth. Um, I just. Stuck them there because it was convenient to grab the little grabby tabby thing at the top, okay, instead of the bottom. No, no, um, and let me ask you this, Crab, because your Nintendo sixty four games are yeah. you have boxes, but they're not in them, correct? Um, at the moment, yes. Now, That's right. I th- like that might it might be a different question, but how do you how do you stand those up? Because there's no way you're ever seeing the name of the game. Those ones, I like the loose cartridges, right? Loose N sixty four. Yeah, they don't go on the shelf when they're loose. They they don't go on the shelf unless they're in a box for N64. Okay, so do you face them out so you know? Yeah, yeah. On, on the N64, like the boxes, I, I agree with you. I'd have them so you tilt your head to the right book style to read. Okay, so the carts, you're flipped for NES carts. I flipped the carts, yeah. <laughs> I never even thought about which side I had to tilt until <laughs> we got this question. And Chris was right about the, uh, the dust leaves. Ah! Yeah. They they usually covered the art because that's the way they came in yeah. the box. Well, that's although not... I had I had somebody send me a tweet um, and they're like, "No, watch this video. This guy opens a game as the other way." And I was like, "Well, I, I mean, it's like some third party. I can't guarantee what they're going to do." I'm talking <laughs> Nintendo games, right? Nintendo games, it's like some subpar third party. You know, what am I going to do? What right. which way were the Genesis carts when you would open up like a fresh uh, plastic uh, clamshell? Was the was the uh, PCB towards the center? Oh god, that's what I, I want would to assume, say but yes. I don't know because that's how I put those in there. I want to say yes, but I would have to actually open one to really find out. If someone handed you a cart and said, "Put this back in the case," which way are you doing it? That way, yeah, yeah. The PCB yeah. facing yeah. inward. Crabby, crabby, same there. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm going to be totally different because I actually stack mine up literally vertically. So that the label that to read the name of the game is facing upward. No, just you're looking at it. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Of I, I got you. So, so the front label is facing upward. Yeah, gotcha. The top, okay. the top label is facing towards me. I gotcha. So, yeah. how do you? So when you pull, a, a so when you pull system. a game out, and how many stacked higher? Don't are they? don't ask. Oh God, don't ask. <laughs> like forty. So when you pull no, one out, it's no, Jenga no, it's, time. It's, it's not that bad, but it's probably like you know fifteen in a stack. So you, so. so you then have to stick your hand in and uh, push I, it I, up, and then I shimmy pull, the no, cart back in. I pull a whole stack. <laughs> I get the game. Yeah, it's stupid, but I don't have I don't have space. I know it sucks. That's funny. So my best games rise to the top. Sure. Get it? <laughs> Just like the cream, right? You got it. You got it. So thanks, J-Rock. I, I, good I, question. That's, that's a good question. I keep, uh, speaking of your favorite games, I, I keep like my favorite like 20 carts totally mm-hmm. separate from everything else so I can just grab them and throw them in. Smart man. Smart there's, man. There's enough Mega Mans together that you can always see them even when you're far from the shelf, so I never have that problem. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put – this is not a question that we got, but I'm going to throw this out here for a minute because I've been contemplating this. I'm thinking about getting a flash cart just to save wear and tear on my carts. I've been in the exact same boat for a while, and what I'm waiting for is the Power Pack 2 because it's like – you know the it's been coming for a long time. Plus, I wanted it for my play choice because I was just going to put it in there. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm absolutely with you. Flash cart to play on the original hardware. Crabby? I no, I'll wear the hell out of my carts. I don't care. Okay. Okay. I'll go get another one if I need to. You should get a All flash right. cart for it, your it, amiibos. <laughs> actually, I actually have a flash cart because a customer made me a custom one that has like my store's logo on it. Awesome. And a huge box. It looks fantastic. I just keep it because it's really cool, and he put a lot of effort into it. I will never play on it. Well, la di da. Hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> all right he knows he, he was well aware oh, when he brought it in we, okay. we had a lengthy discussion about it and, and okay. he said oh you want to fire it up real quick and you were like no i can't do that <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's pretty thank you all right so up next we've got at sega tomcast um this guy as has, usual this guy asks questions for a living he does. He's really good at it. <laughs> uh, what well, uh, he also appears on a on a podcast, so he kind of knows the role. He knows the deal. Sure. Uh, any game from the Eternal backlog? Well, and I feel that quite honestly. Mm. That's definitely going to be finished in 2015. He says his are Hyperdimension Neptunia One and Fantasy Star Four. Good choice. Krabby, any backlog items you guarantee are, you're going to get done in 2015? I've actually done one already. And I, I kind of decided that at least once a month this year, I'm going to play something that friends recommend that I, they, they feel I've missed out on. Oh, so I, I'm I, so I did, ready. I did the walking dead already, okay. which, which few of you kind of told me to give a second chance. Cause I played the first chapter and kind of gave up on it. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to try some other stuff kind of outside my comfort zone. Like you guys have been talking about crackdown for a while. So I thought I'd pop that in one oh. month. And, I'll, I'll try and jump around a little bit, and, and Hyper Neptunia is actually on my list as well. I'd like to to cross first one off this year at some point. All right, Bill? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. Easy enough. Because by definition, the eternal backlog will never be complete. So I can't play a game for the eternal backlog because it will never be complete. I'm going to play several games from my regular backlog. Oh, but an eternal backlog could be eternal if when you took a game off, you put another game on. Yeah, ah. that's how I assumed it was. Aha! Aha! <laughs> Where's the spoon? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is no spoon. So, um, all right. So, in all seriousness, uh, I do keep a, uh, a backlog in uh, Microsoft Excel. 
um, as well as just a list of completed games so I can go back at the end of the year and kind of, you know, summarize my thoughts on the stuff that I played for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, my backlog, uh, the first thing that jumped out at me when I was looking at my backlog was Jade Empire. Oh, yeah. yeah, Jade Empire. So, All right, yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed the Bioware. Um, it was after KOTOR, before KOTOR Dua, um, and I just never got around to playing Jade. So uh, it uh, it popped out of me. I have it. So that's the one that uh, I'm really going to try to get done this year. Cool. It's probably my favorite Bioware game still. Oh, that's, I love that that's game. encouraging. There you go. That man that hasn't played Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's I got my Wii U version now, so that's coming out of the backlog. Hey. <clears throat> Too bad you can't play uh, multiplayer with us. We don't get We don't like us anyway. So I'm sure they probably dropped Wii U support eons ago anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. EA <laughs> no, probably. It's, it's, no, if, yeah. if you if you you just need an X band. Okay, <laughs> right. and then we there can all link up with our Dex uh, drives. Fort fourteen point four. Bowed. Ah. For me, um, yeah, I still have, you know, we did the backlog show a while back, and I'm still eking through some of that. Um, and the one I want to get through, uh, definitely, uh, Metroid 2. Uh, oh, cool. You mean uh, Game Boy? Yes, Return Ooh, of Samus. Yeah, it's, that's, that's been on the uh, eternal backlog for me as well for a while. And uh, as soon as I got my Game Boy player, I was like, yeah, it's going to happen. And it didn't happen. So... <laughs> <laughs> I figure it can't be that long, probably being a Game Boy game, so mm-hmm. I'm just need to crack down and do it. I'll pop that in the Retron, have at it. Nice. All right. Uh, a couple from Facebook. So two questions from Facebook. Eric Lindner, our favorite German, he asks, what do you think are the top... Ooh, this is tough. Are the top three systems which have the best boxes, and he includes in that art covers, durability for collecting, etc., of all consoles... Top three best boxes. Top three systems that have the best boxes, but it encompasses everything that has to do with a box. Yes. Art, durability, uh, pleasant aroma, everything. <laughs> That's the most, <laughs> the aroma is really the most important. Well, because he said that it encompasses yeah. art, durability, etc. <laughs> well, so yeah, sure. Right? It's pretty open for interpretation, but yeah, that's, uh, man, I mean, is, is there anything better than your favorite? boxes for for games not much oh they're so Probably cool <laughs> Gabby, what's your favorite complete inbox nintendo game that you have i bet i know i bet you don't know actually I, what system do you think it's on i was gonna say well that's what i said i asked which what's your favorite nintendo nes super metroid <laughs> i was gonna say your sealed copy of ninja turtles no i've, I've got an even cooler sealed game Ooh, is it silent service it is silent <laughs> We have a winner. So cool. Okay, so let, let's, let's let's get to his actual question. So yes, three systems, best boxes. Man, should I, I just should I just go? Go. Sh- shout it out. I I have to say Nintendo. Um, there's just too much great, great, great variety in art. I'm not taking too many points away from durability because like cardboard is cardboard. I'm not gonna nix them for that. Um, I think the art and the and the style and just like the overall coolness of the Nintendo boxes overshadows any other you know docking and points, um, especially when you consider how awesome the subsets uh, can be with the Capcom and like the with the laser back Capcom with the silver box the the black box um, awesome. 
Um, is that what they call those? Laser back? Um, with the like old like 1980s school photo <laughs> backdrop? That's what I've always called them. I don't know if that's what other people call them, but when I say Capcom laser back, everyone's like, oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, because yeah, there's uh, well, uh, my Capcoms are together, but they're mixed, like with the in alphabetical with a laser back and the just like the purple with the, the red uh, Capcom on the spine. Um, right. But yeah, and, uh, and on the Tecmos with the red spine. Okay, so Nintendo, definitely. Um, I got to tell you, my other two are both Sega. And neither is 32X because the boxes took a real <laughs> big dip. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going uh, uh, Sega CD um, when this when the Model Two came out with that blue spine. Even mm. though the cases aren't the best things, um, I really love uh, the uh, Sega CD like that that blue spine with Sega CD. I thought was really sharp. And mm. Genesis, I thought that red uh, Genesis uh, uh, right down the side uh, was really, really, really cool. So mm. and a lot. I mean, there's countless examples of great artwork on you know whatever game you want to point to so nintendo sega cd genesis for me all right crabo uh my number one would definitely be super nintendo super nintendo yeah they, i love you know how i like things to be uniform and nearly all the boxes have that same you know black frame around them right. mm-hmm. and it's really crisp and the boxes are still really good quality before they went to the, like the n64 ones where they feel a little cheaper uh-huh. um yeah. and they still yeah. hadn't gone quite to that point where they're putting like screenshots on the box so there's still really sweet art on almost everything mm-hmm. yeah um, like a, like a, like a number- crispy super nintendo box feels oh. heavier and nicer yeah. than a crispy n64 one does mm. totally yep. totally um and then my next one i should be sega saturn I, l- I really like the long boxes and same same reason by bill i think they look really crisp with like the white sides down them especially when you got like the odd working designs tail or something like with that shiny glossy finish on mm-hmm. it yep yep they look fantastic and my number three um would probably actually be the virtual boy virtual they're just, boy <laughs> they're bizarre and they, they still feel as as sturdy as a super nintendo box and there's so few that they're all like they fit in together. There's no oddball themed ones that don't don't match the set. Right. Huh. All right. Um, I'm gonna be a little different because I think about these things a little bit different because I'm not a big cardboard collector. So um, I'm gonna go number one Genesis for sure. Nice. And I like original grid Genesis. You know. Right. I, I think I, I mentioned, but I was talking about the the new the newer red spine ones that were still in clamshells, uh-huh. not the cardboard. So you like the. Uh, like the uh, golden axe and altered beast. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Give me the, what was basically the master system grid inverted almost, you know, can we agree <laughs> that the master system is one of the worst? Uh, case <laughs> is like great. Artwork is, terrible. <laughs> artwork is terrible. Yeah. I like, like his own head. Like the black awesome. belt is just a foot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, so your original Genesis, so uh, like first gen Genesis. Yeah. Great cases. Awesome stuff. So durable. Um, I would go with Saturn next. Okay. Um, definitely Saturn uh, means a lot to me personally, and I do really love the design. The only thing I wish I could change a little bit would be that uh, if the thing that held the manuals was a little better so it didn't kind of pucker yeah. like they all yeah. do. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. So you have to have foam blocks. Especially Dragon Force. Yeah, you need foam blocks to make sure your manual doesn't distort too bad. Um, and then lastly, I would say uh, TurboGrafx-16 PC Engine. Because they had like the cardboard box or whatever, and then you had the jewel mm-hmm. case that looked like a CD jewel case, but actually opened it up and it had the little, you know, hue card in it in the little plastic sleeve and like a tab that would hold it in. 
Now that I've been trying to get a full set, those drive me nuts. I yeah, I was, I was going to say that sounds like the most annoying <laughs> thing to do. Oh, it's a bu- the it's, late, oh, the it's a, late it's ones a, just had that little plastic tray in them yeah. that drove me it's, nuts. Yeah, no, I'm talking like the original design, right? It's a sleeve and a tray in a box, in a bag, in a box, in a no, bag. No, like the the card <laughs> has its own little plastic nice nice dust sleeve. Mm-hmm. It fits into like a little credit card thing, and then it has a little tab that holds it inside the CD case thing. And that has the nice CD case, and if you want to go crazy, has even the cardboard box over that. A lot of the art is kind of lacking in them too, though, don't you think? Keep um, carriage. Look, uh, yeah, PC and <laughs> PC engine's definitely much better, but right. you know, still. Can- oh, I, I got to throw an honorable mention too to PlayStation One long boxes. Those things are awesome, especially the ridged side. If ones. If they can only design decide on one design. I think yeah. is the problem. Yeah, I, I think the boxes are cool. Um, I can't think of any particularly good artwork on PS1 long boxes. Oh, you know Resident like, Evil? That's awesome. Crazy Ivan? Come on, man. The Wipeout Japanese cover? That's fantastic. <laughs> eh. uh, NH- NH- NHL Faceoff 97 was uh, not great. Can I give a, dis- a dishonorable mention? <laughs> Battle Arena Toshinden. We already talked about Master System. No, 3DO. <laughs> 3DO. 3DO. Oh, No, it, it was, it was remember when, like, DVD cases first came out with, like, that plastic clip on the side? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, now, there are some 3DO games that are just great big cardboard boxes, which uh-huh. are just annoying. Um, and then some have, like, that, that clip on the side. Um, the, yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite artworks for any game ever, though, is a 3DO game. What was that? Uh, the Super Street Fighter uh, 2 Turbo. Oh, like yeah. the, oh, I think it was the, yeah. the Canadian variant with the pencil sketches on the yep, front. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's, my, it's my favorite, favorite thing that I own for 3DO. Yeah. Have you guys ever held a Neo Geo AES box? Those ones are pretty sweet, too. No, you I, mean like the, like the VHS, like plastic clamshell type things? Yeah, where they like waste no room and the whole thing is just to hold the cartridge. <laughs> yeah. <That's a> brick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, one last question. Chris Roberts, from he's from the, Anar- the NARCpad podcast. Uh, NARCpadcast. A- yeah, he asks, what's the worst sequel to one of your favorite games? Um, can we do a discl- Can we do like, a, 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 like an exclusion on this? What do you mean? Bill? Can we exclude Final Fantasy games because they are all so different from each other and everyone's got a favorite and the next one is not one that they like? So it has to be something that's canon, I assumed. No, I, yeah, I just like, it could be whatever you want. Ugh. It's just a sequel. If it has a number after it that's higher than the number before. If, okay, or then if someone does a Final Fantasy game, then shame on your family. I'm I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to. Okay. I could. I could, but I'm not going to. That's good. Bill's just trying to protect Final Fantasy VIII here. No, All 13. Right. 13 for life. Thirteen's <laughs> awesome. I know. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go first. How about that, and then? How about that? Right. Um, Ninja Gaiden on Xbox. Really? Oh my gosh! You I, had such a great series on the NES, and then what do you do? But I heard, man, I, I heard, I heard such good things about that game. Oh man, I'm, it's not even the same kind of game at all. Of course not. <laughs> it's a freak. It's a oh, <laughs> but this, they were this, so this, good. This sounds like a grandpa complaint to me. But they were so good. <laughs> Did you want? I, I got a good grandpa one too. When, when I'm up. <laughs> okay, I keep, just keep, man, come keep on. Keep going with your Ninja Gaiden. What? What specifically? Just let, it, let it die. Don't turn it into some kind of 3D crazy. I don't want that. Ah, it's just, I don't know, that's it. It's all I got. Man. Just, come on, man. Really? Come on. Come on, man. I, I almost kind of want to rag on Kid Icarus a little bit, too, but I, I like Kid Icarus, so I won't. You mean the 3DS version? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, I like Kid that, Icarus, that, so I That won't. stand was pretty snappy. <laughs> still, got my, still got mine in the box. 
You know what the stand always reminds me of? It, it was like they're like, "Hey, we got all these leftover tools to take the jumper pack out of the N64. What do we do with them? Oh, let's just hold up a 3DS with it so you can play Kid Icarus." <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Probably true, but terrible. All right, when are you guys gonna go? I'll grab it. All right, I'll, yeah, I got I got one to follow that. That's pretty much the same reasoning as uh, Resident Evil Four. Oh. Yeah, no, we no, we've heard this before, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 they, they just change too much of what I love, and it, it doesn't feel like the same series. It's, yeah. it's especially interesting when it's a game that so many people love so much, and you're like, and not no, you, I don't mean you, I mean like when there's a game that everyone loves, and you're like, I don't love this, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and and because and with that series, I think more more people would say that same thing for five, like. That five changed. Didn't six pretty get pretty universally hated? Uh, I yeah, kind of forgot that there was a six. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's the first Resident Evil game I never played. I mean, like of canon numbered games, mm. right? Yeah. No thanks, Bill. Oh man, the worst sequel to one of your favorite games. Yeah. Ah. Uh... Really bad sequel. You can always, you can just say Mega Man Three. It's okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, because one, one of my was, faves is four, joking. so but I never played Chris, five, you, so I don't know if it's you bad. You better let me edit the show. Up. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all choppy, like <laughs> Super <Yeah>. Metroid. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say Super Metroid, but I, you you do really have a a a uh, an aversion to to Resident Evil Four. Um, I was hoping that uh, the last remnant was a sequel to something, but it wasn't. Um, it was man. a sequel, sequel, a to, sequel the to that pen- nightmare you had when you were a kid <laughs> yeah, about playing a game. It's a sequel the, to Infinite Undiscovery. The, um, the penultimate. <laughs> oh, man, it's. I'm sorry, I'm not super prepared for this, but the. I mean, he's talking about the worst sequel to one of my favorite games. I, yeah. I, I can't think of a time when I fired a game up and I was like so disappointed. And I was, you know, and and it was a sequel to one of my favorites. Um, oh, pressure, pressure! I'm actually going to think about it for a couple of minutes, and then okay. ed- Chris is going to edit my answer in. So no, I won't. It'll just be wherever it is. With the magic okay. of with the magic of uh, IMAX. No, I won't. <laughs> it'll just wherever it pops in. That's where it'll be. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Bill. I mean, it's it's going to snap in in a little while. That's okay. Contra Force. <laughs> that could a, be everybody's. Yeah. Right. Could be. God almighty. Anybody that played Contra Force. I'm sorry. Tetris 2. Uh, Tetris 2 was pretty bad. Bomb. Oh, man. Like what? Like this? Like Bombless or what? Oh, my gosh. I'm pulling, <laughs> I'm pulling up my Hattress. collection just to. Uh, just Did to... you guys ever play Weltris? No. I actually. Uh, I actually you play Wordtris? What? No, not Wordtris. <laughs> you play Wordtris? No. <laughs> you have to, like, spell. Three letter words quicker than your opponent. I actually did like Weltris, uh, and the Japanese Tetris on Virtual Boy that I liked. Oh, oh, I got one. Okay, Darksiders Two. Okay, really loved, Share. loved, loved Darksiders, like loved, and I was so 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 hot on Darksiders Two. Um, like before it came out, obviously, and then it came out and I got it. I think I borrowed it from a friend cause I don't spend money on like, you know, day one games. So I borrowed it 
And then like, I remember hearing all the, oh, the world is bigger and like all this stuff. So, um, I started playing it and I'm like, okay, it's cool. But like there's, there's so many fundamental things like game systems in one that they just changed or got rid of in two. And it just feels so different. I played like 25 something hours of it. Like I kept trying to really, really like it. I couldn't fake it anymore. So I just stopped playing. And then just to be sure, I went back and I started Darksiders 1 again. And within like eight minutes, I was having the time of my life. And I played Darksiders 1 for like 25 more hours. Um, I could probably go back and like, you know, pinpoint exactly what bothers me about it or what I don't like about it. But uh, love Darksiders 1 to death. And I cannot get into Darksiders 2. Okay. And that was supposed to be like four game series and it died after the second one, right? Well, yeah, because it was the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it did, it, in its defense, it didn't really die. It was just THQ, right? Yeah, THQ died and then THQ, uh, uh, you know, split off all of its assets. Yeah. And Darksiders uh, did go to somebody. So the rumor is that it is still getting worked on by someone. Um, but uh, I, I'm not holding out too much hope. Um I, I really think the first one was one of the best games. It's, it really was phenomenal. And uh, I, you know, just really, really, really couldn't get into two. Okay. That, that might be one of those games I put on my uh, my monthly list this year. Which one or two? Uh, the first one. Uh, I haven't played any of them. I think that you would really like, and there's lots of games that I like that I know you wouldn't like. I think you would really like one. I think I would too from the little I know about mm. it. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody very much for all the questions. If you've got more, uh, you know, find us on Facebook uh, or on Twitter at CollectorCast or come over to RFGen. You can ask us questions there. We love to have them and uh, we'll move on with the show. everybody, it's Duke here to tell you again about our sponsor, Off the Charts Video Games. Be sure to listen all the way through the spot because there's a special offer at the end for CollectorCast listeners. We all know that shopping online for video games can be a hassle. If you shop on eBay, you have to pay shipping to each individual seller. On Amazon, you never see what you're really going to get. And as for the leading online classic game retailers, well, we all know that their prices aren't the best. After years of collecting, trading, and selling on multiple marketplaces, the guys at Off the Charts Video Games have built a site with the needs of collectors in mind. OTCVideoGames.com gives the experience of a brick-and-mortar store while you relax at home. With pictures and individual descriptions for every item, you will know exactly what you're going to get. Every game is tested in-house on their multi-system testing station, so your order will come back with their quality guarantee and great customer service. Off the Charts now sells separate boxes and manuals so you can buy complete and box games all at once or complete your loose games. Browse their games, boxes, and manuals separately or all together. Boxes and manuals are posted now for Nintendo 64 and are coming soon for other systems. Everyone knows the most annoying part of buying online is shipping. Well, at Off the Charts, orders over $50 get free shipping in the U.S. Not only that, but they always ship orders out the next business day, Monday through Friday, and every order gets tracking. Choose your favorite provider, whether it's UPS, FedEx, or the U.S. Postal Service. Check them out for yourself at www.otcvideogames.com or see their inventory updates and meet their staff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube with the handle OTC Video Games. 
Again, that's www.otcvideogames.com and OTC Video Games on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As a limited time special offer for CollectorCast listeners, enter coupon code COLLECTORCAST at checkout to receive a 5% discount on your order. Again, that's coupon code COLLECTORCAST, all together, one word, no spaces. Well, this, uh, you know, we did this last year, and I think it gets a little cliche because everybody does this stuff, but uh, it's fun. That's why everybody does it, I think, quite honestly. But but, uh, we're going to do a little twist on it. Like, everybody does, like, their best of 2014 show or whatever. I think that's pretty pretty obligatory. But just like we did last year, we we put a little twist on it and really turned this more into what were the best games that we played in 2014. So it doesn't matter when they came out, as long as we played them in the in 2014, we get to pick them. And we're going to go through our top five, starting with five, working our way up, and give uh, each, each of our little personal lists uh, about what we loved. So I'm going to start out. So Krabby, can you tell me, starting at number five for 2014, best game, best game of the year, what'd you come up with? Number five is actually a Vita game. You lost so you me already. That. I know. <laughs> wake, wake up. Wake up. Um, we went. We took a trip down to San Diego back in like March, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just got a Vita. I had a buttload of games for it. Packed them all up, and I had this cool little case that carried like a dozen games. Put them, grab them all to play on the plane, and any long car rides we had to do down there. And I was expecting to sink all my time into like Gravity Rush or Tearaway or the Persona Four remake. And I played a little bit of some of those, and then I put in Wipeout 2048, mm. and it didn't leave the Vita for like three weeks. Really? I could not stop playing it. It was I've never played a Wipeout game before, and it was so much fun. It was exactly what I want in a racing game, just crazy and fast and unrealistic, and there's cool little challenges and awesome style, and the music was really solid. Awesome racer. I, I can't wait to check out more games in the series now. So, Wipeout games are kind of known for being very samey. So, sure. what sets... I like samey. Oh, well, so <laughs> is there anything that sets out this one from any of the other Wipeout titles? Or, like I said, I haven't played any of the other ones yet. It's the only one I've ever played. Oh, um, but this it is felt the first very, entry for this you. This is the first one for me, but it felt very like I used to play a lot of uh, F Zero. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a good spin-off from an F-Zero type game for me. Okay. Can I ask how, if you've ever played any other games in the genre, the high-speed uh, futuristic racing? Uh, like I've played Extreme G, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. the F-Zero ones, which I've enjoyed. Um, any other ones that you're thinking of? Uh, well, specifically, yeah, I, I love Extreme G too. It's what kind of got me into the genre. And then um, it's one of my favorite uh, licensed games on the N64 and Dreamcast is Episode One Racer. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, I played a lot of Pod Racer. Loved mm, that one too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so yeah, so it seems like there's been you know other games in the genre that you've enjoyed. You just never got around to Wipeout. Yeah, like I I've, I've seen it like on the download for the uh, when PlayStation Three Network went down, mm-hmm. and I just was like, yeah. Oh, a that's right. So I, didn't, I think I touch it. I think I own that from <laughs> that. Yeah, and I probably would have enjoyed it if I had given it a shot, but uh, I I just passed over on it. So now I've been collecting other Wipeout games in anticipation of playing them. So I've got like the PSP ones, the PlayStation ones, 
Um, the N64 one, yeah, a few other oddballs, I'm sure. And I'm sure that you're not gyro steering. I have no idea what that means. It's your ste- oh, with the Vita controls, with like the tilt, uh, tilting this the unit to steer your uh, your craft. No, like you had to be so precise, especially in some of the challenge levels. Right. So that yeah, that wouldn't have done it for me. But are you on a D-pad or analog? Um, I think. I analogs that one. Yeah, I've actually found I used to really prefer the D-pad on racing games for like that, you know, like quick little like you know tap for just yeah, adjust the, just the uh, the steering. And a lot of games don't even allow you to use the D-pad for steering anymore. Like Burnout, yeah, I had to learn how to analog drive when the games uh, started <laughs> doing that. So, well, that's really interesting. That's definitely something I would never have thought would have made your list. No, not at me all. Me neither. It surprised me as well, which was it's always pleasant. Well, I think if you like that one, then you're going to get a whole lot more of that. Yeah, you, this, you know, like I, I love all the NES Mega Mans because they're they stick to the formula. So I'm hoping the other wipeouts stick to the formula and just give me different tracks, different music, more of the same. I haven't played the Vita one, but I've played some of the others, and yeah, it always seems to be, you know, just a fresh coat of paint on on wipeout. So yeah. there you I'm, go. I'm okay with that. Well, cool. All right, uh, Bill. Yes. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five for the Xbox 360 mm. and also available on Steam is the Behemoth's Battle Block Theater. Really? I love this game. It's a... Uh, crap, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I don't know much about it other than the name, though. So, uh, have you played other Behemoths? Uh, Alien Hominid, Castle Crashers? I played Alien Hominid, yes. Okay, so yeah, it's... Uh, it's a, a 2D um, side-scrolling uh, platformer in exactly the same art style as their other games. So if you've seen Alien Hominid or Castle Crashers, you, you kind of know what the, the look is. Um, it's uh, and slightly less well known is a uh, a free downloadable uh, touch app for iOS and Android that uh, Behemoth made called something that I can't remember. But uh, it was it's a great just, title. It was just tons of. Uh, uh, like side-scrolling platformer levels, and they were, it was free. So it was like hundreds of levels, and like basically you would collect, you know, like all the gems in the level, and then just, you know, get to the exit, and that was it. And like it timed you, and it would unlock more levels. Um, so this is very much uh, an extension of that. Um, it's got a ridiculous story, which is part of their humor and charm. Uh, it's uh, basically you're, uh, you know, hanging out with your best friend, Hattie Haddington, you get shipwrecked on an island, and Hattie puts on a hat and becomes evil and puts you into prison. And then, basically, you're, you're part of the uh, entertainment for all the guards is they all get to watch the prisoners try to make their way through these levels that are being created for them. Uh, you know, And if they die, then it's like, yay, prisoner died. Um, so you've got to make your way all the way through it. And it's kind of got like a view, like almost like mystery science theater where like, there's like the front row of like guards is watching you <laughs> like while you're on stage doing these platforms. And uh, it's got it's so there's t- there's ton there's dozens of levels there's hundreds of collectibles um, there's like uh, uh, you have your, just your standard like jump uh, and attack like punch and kick you also have a unique weapon and there's dozens of unique weapons you can unlock there's co-op uh, it's just and I gotta tell you I'm I'm a big 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 fan of uh, if the music is good I'll be singing it for days after I turn the game off and the music in this game is phenomenal. It's uh, 
Like I remember like I turned the game on and the title screen came up and I just, I didn't even play the game. I just cranked the music and I just walked <laughs> around the house for a while. And Sarah's like, what are you doing? I thought you were playing a game. And I was like, I can't stop this song. It's too good. Um, <laughs> oh, so it's, I wish I could just do the song for you right now, but we have a show to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, battle block theater. Um, I played it uh, briefly with Chris, uh, cause it was a, one of the free games with gold at yep, some point. Yep. So yeah, if you're in the habit bit. of downloading the games with gold, you probably have it. So please fire it up. It's really good. It's really simple. Just 2d platformer, collect the three gems and get to the end of the level as soon as you can. There's challenge levels, there's time attack. Um, but there's just a lot there to keep you busy and very, very, very good, uh, voice acting and music. Then you should check out, um, just recently finished up, you know, AGDQ where they do the speed runs. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a co-op speed run of that entire game and they had some of the developers there with them. Oh, very cool. Talking about the game and, uh, chatting up and answering questions and stuff. Yeah. I would definitely watch if that's available. It is. You can, Good. you can look on Twitch and you can find, uh, you can find those and probably cool. on YouTube eventually. But that's interesting because I played that game with you a little bit and I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. But I mean, it never really stuck a cor- struck a chord with me. I didn't realize right. it was that big of a and, deal for you. And and the thing, too, is uh, before it came out, um, I was at really, really, really loved Castle Crashers. Um, and Krabby, you said you played Alien Hominid, but not Castle Crashers? That's right. Are Downloadable. You, that's why. Did, yeah, Alien Hominid had a physical release. <laughs> I could have sworn Castle did, but let me verify that because... Oh man, it just oh, did it show up in one of the like live collections or something. Um, I uh, I could have sworn I've seen it physical somewhere. I will find out for you because it's an up to four player beat 'em up where you're like you know gaining XP, upgrading your uh, your abilities, uh, arena music's amazing, uh, humor's amazing, oh so so freaking good. <laughs> so I loved Castle Crashers. So I would I would go to PAX East in Boston every year and the Behemoth was always there. And this game the Battle Block Theater for a game that really seems you know pretty straightforward and simple like okay it's a 2D platform with a whole bunch of levels. Shouldn't take like 6 years to develop. This game was in development forever. Like they showed it at PAX 3 years before it actually came out. And I played it at PAX 3 years before it came out. And I'm like is ba- like well, just one day you wake up, you're like, did I miss Battle Block Theater coming out? Because I played it years ago. It's like, nope, it's not out yet. So I guess part of the reason was I was looking forward to it for so long, and they actually had like a custom arcade machine at PAX. So it was probably just hooked up like on an Xbox dev kit, but it was like you know the real con- like the real you know uh, uh, lollipop uh, joysticks, uh, the the real like you know cherry micro switch buttons and everything. And me and my buddy Kaylee played this game co-op on an arcade machine for like 20 minutes at PAX. So. Uh, I, it's probably a, bit, a little bit of the anticipation was a bit of it for me, but I, it's it's talk about striking a chord. Like this is exactly the kind of thing that I want when I go to like old school uh, type uh, platforming. Give me music, give me humor, give me writing, give me lots of good levels. I'm in. Cool, awesome. Did you finish it? Uh, I have not. Because there's like tons and tons of levels in that yeah thing. That, that's that's the other cool thing that i like about it like a lot of times when i get towards the end of the game it's almost like i avoid finishing it because i don't want it to be over yeah um with this game i don't have that problem really because i can just fire it up play two or three levels and the next time i want to play i know there's going to be more levels for me awesome awesome all right well i think that leaves me at number five then right I'm going to guess that mine probably is not going to show up on anybody else's list, but we'll see. <laughs> I think we're all going to have very unique lists this year for the most part. I think uh, there's going to be right. like one similarity that's... Probably uh, one. Yeah. 
Probably one. My number five <laughs> I think was... I can guess it. <laughs> yeah, you probably can. Uh, number five for me was Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea. Interesting. Um, Specifically Burial at Sea, not the whole experience. Well, and I didn't play Bioshock Infinite in 2014, but I played Burial at ah, Sea. But, but, I see. But also, Loopholes. but also, it is a different story. It is... An, Related. Yes, it's a bridge story. Between Infinite and Bioshock. Um, and I don't want to spoil it here for people that haven't played it, but um, it was so well done. Um, just for like some DLC levels. I mean, they really took the time to develop this really intricate story that really married the entire story arc of everything that happened in Infinite right up to the very beginning of Bioshock. So you totally understood everything that happened at the end of Infinite and how all of that played in to make what happened at the beginning of Bioshock happen at all. So you get a, a pure picture of like everything that, that takes place. And you can you know, get to play through it. Uh, and, uh, and there's part one and part two. In part one, you're um, more of like the traditional like Booker-type character. In part two, you're... Um, Elizabeth? Yes, Elizabeth. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, you play as Elizabeth in the second one. You Bioshock guys. I don't know. Man, I'm not good on the spot with names, obviously. Well, you don't um, know the name of your wipeout pilot. <laughs> Dax <Crab> Tar. <laughs> but um, that's the hard part. Is I really wish I could talk more about this, but there's no way I want to uh, endanger spoiling the story I, at all. I was, was going to say, yeah, because Bioshock games are all very difficult to talk about unless you're talking about the mechanics of the game. Um, and what's that brings me to a question, though. So the mechanics of Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea Part 1 and Part 2 are very different. You're right. Um, very. So I, I would agree with you 100% that story-wise, it was one of the best experiences that I had. Um, Mechanics-wise, how did you compare the experience in Part 1 to Part 2? And did you find it more enjoyable, less enjoyable, and different? Just Different, and right. uh, because the first one, you're very much the same old, you know, just like Bioshock Infinite, it's the same guns and plasmids and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, and in the second part, playing as Elizabeth, you are you have to be very stealthy mm-hmm. um, because she just can't handle the bad guys. And, like, even there's no way to kill, like, the big daddy kind right. of character. She just can't do it. Um, so you have to rely on some stealth. And even regular splicers can be really tough to deal with. Um, so it's a lot more stealth-based, which doesn't bother me. I don't mind stealth games at all. Um, but you have to use your head a lot more than your guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, very limited. And you have to use even like some tricks and some distractions and, and some other mechanics that were very different to that world than what you'd played before. Um, like there'd be you know things where you can cause a noise to go off, you know, somewhere else to distract their attention. Mm-hmm. Either so you could just run past them, or you could sneak up behind one of them and do like an instant kill sort of thing. Um, uh, but that was it. You always had to really judge your situation. And if there was two or three splicers around, just forget it. You needed to find a way around. It was going to be ridiculously difficult for you to actually take them out. Uh, but. Yeah, just the story of putting it all together. And towards the end, what happens at the end of part two, what, I, I cringed mm. at what was happening. I mean, physically felt it. Um, and I was like, it was painful for me to watch. 
uh, and I really felt like, oh my gosh. Uh, so it really had me. And uh, it's it's so funny because listening to you talk about this, I'm actually thinking about a a different game. Uh huh. And it's it's it matches exactly what you're saying like in my head and it's uh it's not related to the game you're talking about but like it's it reminded me of it and the more you talk about it i'm like yeah it's exactly the same in this other game it's just it's cool yeah just there's this part at almost at the very end where and again i can't spoil it and i won't but there's Mm -hmm. this thing happens and it's you it's this very visceral thing that you are like oh you know you just every part (laughs) of your body just tenses up like oh my goodness yeah how how long are is each uh, episode? Not long. Not long. Probably it's a couple hours. hours. Yeah, probably a couple hours. I probably like I I move my, I make my way very slowly through the first part, um, and I think I was close to like uh, three and a half. Um, yeah, and, I, and that's probably slow for for most. And then the second part I think was a tiny bit longer, um, for me anyway. So I guess it depends on how quick you play. And and I took a longer too, just because I wanted to actually look around the world because there's a lot to see. Yeah, I, I kind of made the mistake in my first playthrough of part one of kind of going where the game wanted me to go, and I didn't get, like, most of the plasmids that were available to me, and I was like, why didn't I get those? And I was like, oh, because you didn't explore. Yeah, so. the world is really alive, mm-hmm. um, which is always, like, in any Bioshock game, the main characters are, they play second fiddle to the environment. The setting, yeah. Yeah. So, um I don't know if you have any interest, Krabby, but I know they're DLC and you hate that. But uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I've played enough Bioshock to last my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I, I gather that. But Bill, you played both parts, right? Yeah, played both parts. Um, I, I echo your feelings 100% on the story. Um, the, the stealth gameplay, uh, or the more stealth-like gameplay in part two... Um, was not something that I enjoyed as much as okay. the traditional Bioshock uh, uh, gameplay. But when, as you were talking, I started kind of drifting into The Last of Us. Okay. Um, and not to spoil anything on that either, but uh, there comes a time in that game when the gameplay shifts to a more stealth-like approach. Um, but it was And it was done at first in a way where I was like, ugh, I really... I'm usually not like super into stealth, but it was done in a way that was very tense and very real, and I I I felt really good about uh, you know kind of the way it was done. And the same thing like towards the end of Last of Us, there's things that are happening, and even as you're doing them, you're thinking, no, 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 yeah, I don't want to be doing this, yes, but, but uh-huh. you have to do it, and that's kind of you know what it was in Bioshock Infinite. So story wise, I'm with you a hundred percent. My only caveat on part two is it wasn't quite the way that I, I, you know, wanted to be playing through a Bioshock universe, especially towards the very end when games, you know, when they get harder, they say, okay, just throw more enemies in there. There, There's an area where you kind of have to sneak through a really kind of like wide open, like rotunda type area. And there's no chance you can kill any of the things that are in there. Mm. And it's very difficult to sneak through. And I'm like, well, you know, that part wasn't particularly fun for me. I just made it through and I made it through, but, uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, there's a really cool reveal at the end of part one, mm. and there's a really cool reveal if you watch the trailer for part two, or if you just start part two, you kind of see where they're going with it. So, if you, I mean, anybody who really enjoyed Infinite probably played Burial at Sea. Yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough. Obviously, number five for the year for me. So. Very cool. Running up to number four, graphic number Woo. four. Number four. This is another one I played really early in the year too, like in January. Oh yeah. 
That's about um, as early in the year as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it struck me right away just because of all the different franchises smashed into it that I liked. Oh, yeah? Um, but Project Cross Zone for the 3DS. Really? I picked up because, you know, Mega Man was on the cover, Ryu was on the cover, Lala <laughs> was on the cover. Yeah, you're sold, right? So you, I'm sold. There, so there's you, so Jill you, from Resident Evil on the cover. So you judged yeah. the game by its cover? I absolutely did, and I'm glad that I did. <laughs> so I really know nothing. So tell me about Project Cross Zone. It is a collaboration of um, Capcom. Bandai Namco and Sega. Okay. And the three of them use a lot of their flagship characters and make this really ridiculous, over the top, nonsensical story to merge them together <laughs> into one game. And like, even at the end of the game, the, the story isn't really there. That's not what kept me going playing through it. It was just how much fun the game was, the mechanics of the game. So, were. what kind of game is it? It's a strategy role playing game. Okay. So you you start like on your grid, just like a Final Fantasy Tactics Fire Emblem type game, and you you typically have two people um, from not from the same franchise but from the same company together. All right. So like at the start, you, you'll start with like Frank West from uh, Dead Rising paired with Heisenko from um, Darkstalkers. Okay. <laughs> and you'll you'll move them together along the grid until you hit a bad guy. Then when you hit the bad guy, you go into battle mode, which is like the best thing ever because it's like 2D sprites, like side-scrolling kind of graphics. And you, depending how leveled up you are, you'll have access to different combos and you can link these moves together. And if you have other teams from the other franchises close enough to your character, you can pull them into battle as well. Okay. So, So ideally you have like a whole group of people mashed together fighting one bad guy and you've got like 200 hit combos coming out of like Ryu, like shooting fireballs and Mega Man with the M Buster. And you got the characters from like Resonance of Fate with machine guns shooting at it. And it just goes so crazy. And there's, I don't know how there's not slowdown with how many <laughs> freaking things are on the screen. Maybe it's a video. It's a video. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, and it introduced me to a lot of new franchises too, that I've, I've picked up games for over the year after that, that I hadn't heard of or forgot about or overlooked. Um, so I grabbed stuff from like dot hack and God's eater and resonance of fate and dynamite cop and Sakura wars and crazy dynamite yeah, cop. Dynamite cop is in there. Wow. And Arthur from ghosts and goblins is in there and it's so funny. And like, like I said, the, the whole overarching story plot, kind of stinks but there's these hilarious little moments in there that make it worthwhile where like halfway through the game there's this huge explosion that's going to go off and all your characters are going to die and out of nowhere comes arthur from ghosts and goblins (laughs) jumps on the bomb boom he's gone and everybody's up in the like hub afterwards you know lamenting it and and shedding tears and talking about all the awesome things arthur did and he he walks through the door in his polka dot shorts. Like <laughs> he's like, I took my hit. I'm fine. <laughs> it's, it's it, awesome. It sounds like a hundred percent fan service. It that's all it is. Okay, it, it is absolutely fan service. So it is not right. a tight like the mechanics are there too. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a solid strategy game. It is extremely long too. Like there's no 
chance to side quest or anything. You're just going from like mission to mission to mission. And even just playing through the main story took me 60 hours, Whoa. not including the, not including restarts from when you like fail. Wow. So it's a long game, but the mechanics were so much fun and the character interactions are so much fun that I, I stuck with it through that whole time and, and don't regret it. Wow. Awesome. Why? Yeah. I mean, I knew that came out, but I really had no clue anything about it. Sometimes it, I forget that you're supposed to say that cross. It's yeah, Japan. I, I said it wrong for a long time until several customers corrected me at the store when I was talking to them about it. Yeah, it's Japan, right? Right. It's, it's one of those games where you'll know, like, first level if you're into it or not. If you if you don't like what you get right off the bat, it's not going to change. I, 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 I tell people that with with a lot of, like, you know, like books, movies, like TV shows, same thing. Um, and just a quick note on Darksiders, because I told you you'd love it. It does <laughs> not have a strong intro. So do not judge it. And the demo is really bad because it's just the first level of the game. Um, So don't judge it by that. It's only like a half hour. But like once you actually get to like the main world and you'll know when you get there, that's when you start judging the game. Right. All right. Yeah, that's my number four. Very cool. Cool. Project Cross Zone for the Nintendo 3DS. Mm, Absolutely. So Bill, number four. Number four. Um, we don't have to talk about this one too long because it is what it is. Um, should come as no surprise to people who kind of know, uh, you know, me and uh, my uh, my favorite games. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 HD Remix. Really? Yeah. I I love Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, it's one of my... Uh, and it's, this surprises some people who, like, I don't talk to about Kingdom Hearts with. But uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is one of my uh, top ten games all time. Uh, part 2, specifically. Wow. Um, and, uh, the more I play it now, the more I kind of realize like a lot of that is like a kind of rose tinted glasses with, uh, you know, loving it so much when it came out. Um, but, uh, it's one of those games that like, I love so much that it, it like hurts when other people like not don't like it, but when other people don't understand how much that I love it. Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> sorry, Bill. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with, uh, uh, I was kind of raised a Disney kid. We, we went to Disney a lot. We, we liked a lot of Disney movies. I worked at Disney when I was in college. I was, you know, kind of the, the, po- the Disney poster child for a while. Um, but, uh, besides kingdom hearts two being a favorite game of mine, uh, birth by sleep is an excellent game. Um, and the way it's laid out, it's three different playable characters, um, uh, Terra, Ventus, and um, uh, uh, Aqua or Aquos. I can't remember the English or Japanese uh, version. Um, but uh, And one of them looks strikingly similar to Roxas from Kingdom Hearts 2, and there is a connection there. Um, but in a nutshell, the way the game, the Birth by Sleep, uh, which is the final mix version, uh, is laid out is um, so you choose any one of these characters to play as and you play through their entire campaign. And as you play through it, it kind of fills in the journal of like the timeline of events and like the story elements and what happens. And then as you play and then once you finish the complete playthrough, which is long, it's like a you know like 20, 25 you know hour campaign, then it go or at least the way I play because I play slow and I level up a lot um, or I grind rather. Um, and then when you go back and you say, okay, I'm ready to play the next character, you choose whichever one you want. And then as you go through, you're going through the the store of the timeline at the same time as the first character was so you're running into them certain places story elements that like you didn't understand on the first playthrough you're like oh it's clicking together because like you'll see something that happened you know kind of in the same time frame and then when you go in the journal 
it kind of pieces everything together chronologically. So the more characters you complete their playthroughs for, the more you can understand the entire uh, overarching story. Um, and I think the way it, it the, the the timeline is Birth by Sleep is many 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 years before uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, one. Um, so it's it's uh, you know a prequel of, of sorts in the uh, in the series. Um, I had played the first character playthrough and started the second character playthrough on PSP, and then when I found out that this was going to be coming out, I stopped because I was like, oh, I'll play it here. Um, so uh, I haven't played through uh, all of the game yet, but uh, I, I couldn't leave it off the list. Um, it's definitely uh, uh, it's it really is one of my favorite games. Um, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for why three is taking so long to come out. Um, but they keep just making these side games, like after you know one uh, Chain of Memories came out, and then two. But then, like you know, there's been like seven, you know, kind of like small releases, like uh, off <laughs> and on. Three eighty-five uh, over two. Yeah, like three sixty-eight over two days or something, which what is the like rock, it's Roxas's backstory. Um, Dream Drop Distance is the best game on 3DS with the worst name. Uh, for for me anyway, like you know, because well, it's 3D, Bill. It's a really, really, really good uh, uh, 3DS game. I fall in love with that game every time I go on vacation somewhere. So I'll just open the thing up and like, oh, I love Dream Drop Distance. But yeah, so Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Um, the only thing that I have to mention that I hate about it is the packaging. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked your pictures. Oh. Your description is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I, and I know Chris hasn't read it because he uh, wanted this list to be a surprise. But yep, Chris, yep. after today, go look at my... Uh, um, and, and mainly it was because of the comparison in Kingdom Hearts 1.5, which is the best, or at least my favorite, uh, uh, limited edition uh, packaging yep. that is the same price as the regular edition of the game. It was just limited, so it was the first copy you got. It was hardcover book. It was like watercolor artwork. It was pencil sketches. It was a, a letter, uh, like a, a, a letter from the series creator with an original pencil sketch in two languages. Wow. There were overlays of concept art over what the final art was. Uh, uh, Sora originally had a tail similar to Zidane, uh, or Zidane, however you say it. And uh, Final Fantasy. You say Zidane. Do you say- and we say Vi-Vi. Vi-Vi. <laughs> don't, oh, don't you say Zedane? <laughs> so um but yeah so uh, the packaging was beautifully awesome the kingdom hearts 2 limited edition packaging is an empty cardboard box <laughs> and then when you open the cardboard box you get your limited edition pin which is the only redeeming thing and a copy of the regular edition of the game it the only is... thing i have to ask is do you have to paint your thumbnail first Oh, that was that. That wasn't me. That was. Uh, I'm just teasing. Yeah, that was somebody else. And then I think I said that in the thread, and somebody was like, uh, "Yeah, we know that wasn't you." <laughs> but yeah, go look at the pictures. But uh, and but uh, and here's the other thing. Since I'm not one of those people that spends a ton of money on you know like day one stuff when it comes out, to their credit, and I'm also mad at them for the same thing. They did have a higher edition of Kingdom Hearts 2.5. It was like the, I don't know what it was called. It was like, you know, like, you know, ultra collector edition or like whatever it was. I can't remember if it was a hundred or $150. This is the part that really bugs me. Only available on squareenix.com. Um, but it was really cool. It was like this big, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, like 12 inch square, like nice metal collector packaging had like a, a plush doll, like a whole bunch of like pretty much what I wanted the art book from, from one. And it even had this case 
that had an empty CD spot for Kingdom Hearts 1.5, so you could take the disc from your other one and store it, you know, mm. in the complete collection. Um, I'd love to get it if I could find it somewhere eventually, but, uh, I, you know, I kept looking at it and I was like, I can't spend $150 on packaging for a game, even though it's my favorite game. So uh, I digress off the, uh, you know, the, the topic is that I love the games. It does also, the Kingdom Hearts 2.5, it does also have the uh, the cutscenes from uh, the game with the silly title, the, you know, 390,000 over yeah, four. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, since the it doesn't have the gameplay, it just has all the cutscenes upgraded to uh, HD or HD, as they say in Australia. <laughs> so, uh, yep, that's what I'm going with. Um, I'll have to admit, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts game ever. Yeah, I mean, and it's they're they're definitely not for everybody. So I would never just you know tell people blindly like, oh, you got to play. It's my favorite game. It's great because I know most of the people that I you know know talk to, hang out with, play video games uh, with, would not like it. Okay. Um, it's just you know, it's part of me. It's part of me. It's the Disney thing. Um, the other part is just I know the story is crazy, ridiculous, and way too hard to follow. It's square. Yeah, uh, and, and there are bits of the story that I really like. Um, it it is extremely convoluted, um, so it's kind of like my weird, you know, denial of a fan type thing where I'm like, well, I'm just going to ignore the parts that are convoluted <laughs> and focus on the parts that I think are awesome. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, the story in Kingdom Hearts 2, and also Christopher Lee is in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. So some great voice acting in there, and... Uh, Deep yeah. baritone voice. Yes, he, he's. Uh, I can't tell you who he is because it's a bit of a spoiler. Uh, but like you know, it loads up and he's like Roxas. <laughs> like, oh, it's Christopher Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Side note: the best line in the Johnny Depp remake of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, there is nothing good about that movie. Was when no Christopher Lee, who's like they flash back and he's like Willy Wonka's dad, and he was a dentist. Which is why Willy Wonka <laughs> wanted to be a candy guy, and he like pulls out the Halloween candy, and it, it zooms right in on his face, and in his deep voice he says, "Lollipops," <laughs> <laughs> is the best part of that movie. Uh, the best part's turning it off. Uh, <laughs> After uh, lollipops. Okay. <laughs> well, my number four is Guacamelee. Ooh, ah, I Bill pushing you to play this one or try it out. Yeah, Super Hyper, whatever it was on Xbox One, Turbo, whatever. Now, was this, I think this may have been on my list last year. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at your list. Um, the only one I remember from last year, like, besides the Far Cry, was uh, Super Hexagon. But uh, mm. but Guacamelee, uh, it, uh, you know, it's a Metroidvania-style game, even though I'm not really a fan of that term. But, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but it's very... Uh, <laughs> you know, it has this Latin flavor to it that, you know, this whole luchador thing kind of coats the entire game. Mm. And uh, it's your, you know, that's it. You're just like this farmer and... Um, an agave farmer. Yeah, an agave <laughs> farmer. And uh, the this horrible evil demon guy comes and basically steals your girlfriend. It's basically a Mario plot. Sure. Um, but you have to go save him. So, you know, you do this big luchador thing and you're going to go save her. But really, you know, the whole game is set up a lot like a Metroid game. So you have these crazy maps, you have powers that you have to get, and that will open up other areas for you later when you have those new powers to unlock these, you know, different things. 
and it has a great ramp up in terms of difficulty. So every step of the way is kind of teaching you how to do things. And then you implement all of that as you go. So it's kind of like, all right, we're going to teach you the basics. Okay. Here's a new power. Here's a little bit of basics. Mm. And then, all right, now I want you to combine all that stuff you've learned together <laughs> um, to make it work. And uh, so it can be pretty challenging. It can be pretty challenging if you want to do like everything that's in it. Um, it takes quite a bit of work. But that's it. You know, it's, it follows your pretty standard formula. It's just done excessively well. I mean, there's no complaints about the game. It's funny. It uh, it little pokes humor at a little bit of everything. So, you know, like your power-ups are like these this goat. <laughs> those goat powers that you get you know uh, so, so good i, I like I, I have to stop myself from like chiming in here because i could just no, talk about this it, game you know. oh no it's just so like it, it just echoes my thoughts about uh, battle block like it's what i like about 2d stuff like give me great music give me charm give me wit give me good writing give me something that's ugh, it's just it's it's oozing charm yeah it is so well done it is so funny there's the game is constantly changing, but in a way that like opens more of the game, and not just powers. Like they'll, the game just opens up in different ways as you go, and yeah. just like just like you were talking about, uh, it 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 does an extremely good job of teaching you new things, and it associates those things with color. Yep. So it'll teach you a new move, and you know that move is is you know associated with red. Mm-hmm. If you're playing with a with a Microsoft brand controller you use the red B button to do that. Yep. And when you need to attack the enemy that that is effective against to break a shield or to stun the enemy, there's a red shield on that enemy. Yep. So it, uh, it just, it's almost like portal the way they trained you with the gels in portal Two. that like, you know, like that blue was this and white was this and, and uh, you know, black is black is bad. Um, it is fantastic. Um, I had played it uh, previously when it originally came out and I'm pretty sure it was on my list for last year. And then when it came out on Xbox One this year, it was uh, free. It was one of the games with gold. Um, it's got some pretty. It's got some really good co-op. Um, not the best co-op because yeah, not it's, online. You have to do right. like couch co-op. Yeah, couch co-op, which is that the is only the best kind of co-op. Oh. It is. It is as long as you got a buddy, and as long as that buddy brings a controller, because I'm not spending sixty bucks for a <laughs> couch co-op controller. But yeah, uh, uh, Krabby, um, do you, is there any chance that you would give this guy a go? If they put out a physical release, I would 100% give it Now, wait a minute. Is there no physical release on Vita? I don't believe that there is. But, uh, but yeah, that's Guacamelee. Um, I, A, I think it was probably the best free game I got all year. Mm. Um, and I loved it. I, I, I played the thing all the way through. The orbs were hard to get. It's hard yes. to get all the orbs yes, to get the best ending. Were. Uh, man, there's this one that you have to go vertically through all these crazy thorn things to get to. And, oh, man, if you mess up one thing, bam, you're going way back. Start over. It took me hours, but uh, it, I such a sense of accomplishment when I, when I got through it. So that's the kind of thing I like. Um, and it was always, you know, that's the always thing. It's fair. It was always me. You know, the controls were spot on. Exactly. Yeah. If if I die a bunch of times and I'm like, okay, that shouldn't have happened. It frustrates me. But like, if you die and you're like, yep, I did that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. fair. That's fair. But yeah, that's my number four, Guacamelee. Awesome. So, Love that game. Crabby. We're actually before we move on. Oh, okay. If you if you don't like the term Metroidvania, what what term do you do you like better? 
I don't have a term, I guess. I would just, <laughs> I, I just, for some reason, just Metroidvania is just kind of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole other conversation. But when you guys were going off on genres in mm-hmm. the chat the other day, <laughs> I was like, I was totally the opposite of several points of view there. And I was like, I can't get in an argument right now because I'm at work and I can't really stop to talk <laughs> about it. But, uh, it was very, so that's when you go for lunch. Yeah, it was, it was. There is no lunch at work. <laughs> you work through it. Um, but there was. Uh, I re, it really opened up some. Uh, like when certain people said things, I was like, that makes total sense that that person would say that. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's pretty cryptic, but uh, I'd love to have that uh, genre discussion at some point. Yeah, we'll yeah, have sure. to invite Fleet on. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so Krabby, we're down to number three. Where you at? My number three, coincidentally, has a number three in the title. Far Cry 3, um, it's about time that you played yes. that. Game of the year. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's got a physical. <laughs> no, it was uh, Pikmin 3. Pikmin 3. On the Wii U. Pikmin 3. Pikmin 3. Um, I've, I've loved the first two, and my wife bought me the, the remake one on the, uh, the Wii, where they did the uh, motion controls. New play style. Which was probably the best... Second best motion controls I, I ever played with. But anyway, so I was looking I, forward I to the third t- one. I tend to agree with you on that. The new play control yeah. on that was awesome. The, so yeah. the n- best best uh, waggle control was pun- <laughs> punch out on Wii U with the balance board, right? <laughs> <laughs> with the board. No, if, if you have to know, it was Silent Hill's Shattered Memories. Oh, okay. You know, if you put the little Mac Amiibo on the Wii U board, <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> um, so anyway, I picked this up. You know, launch window game. One of the reasons I, I could justify picking up the Wii U so early. Um, so I grabbed it, and I just never got around to it until my son noticed it, and he'd been playing a lot of Smash Bros with me, and he, he really likes the Olimar character. And so I told him this is kind of where he came from, and we plopped it in and decided to take turns finishing because the way they have it set up is you play as far as you can until the day ends. You have to like get back to your ship before you run out of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any Pikmin you don't get back to your ship by that time get eaten by monsters at night if they can't oh, escape. No! Yeah. So we take turns each day, you know, getting as far as we can. Um, gather, you're supposed to gather fruit so that you can have something to eat and survive. And you crash land and your two companions that you flew there with um, are scattered. So you have to go find them. And then once you have them, you have access to more areas because you can, like, throw one of them over a think of water like up a ledge that you couldn't climb up and, and access other areas mm-hmm. and so we kept playing through this together back and forth and it was the first time where like we we've played a lot of games together but they're usually like you know we'll play skylanders for an hour we're done mm-hmm. we'll play ducktales you know for a couple days the game's finished move on to the next thing this one because we wouldn't play it without the other there it was like we'd get go pick him up from school, and he is like all we talk about on the way home is like where we could find that next fruit, or <laughs> finish that next puzzle, and it was really cool to share that with them for for like weeks instead of just days. Like it was the first time where we felt like we went on a whole adventure together, and it got to the point near the end too where he was feeling really attached to the characters in this game, and the one of the final bosses um, is this weird like. It looks like, uh, like, you know, like amber from a tree, mm-hmm. like a sap. Mm. And um, it can, if you're not careful, it will wipe out a lot of your Pikmin. And you hear those little, like, <laughs> screams when they die. <laughs> and you just hear them going off, like, just 
all the time when we're when we're trying to beat this and we're in like kind of a dark kind of spooky cave and there's all these little pikmin souls like rising oh, out of no. after they die <laughs> and uh we we decided to take a break because we're almost you know out of time to play for the day it's getting late we shut it off we didn't finish the level and i look over at my son and he's got a couple of tears rolling down his oh, cheeks no <laughs> so I had to stop and talk to him about it, and he is just totally upset that all these Pikmin died. Oh, he's like, we're, we're not being careful enough. Like they're they're dying. We need to save no them. No man left behind. That is yeah. so fun because honestly, that's when I stopped playing the first game for a little bit. Is the first like the second level when like you get to that spot where like you re- you like encounter like the bird for the first time. And oh, like, he just yeah, and he just starts eating everybody. Half your team. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I literally like I shut it off. I was like, I, I, I can't do that all again. So I just I and I didn't play it again for a long time. So that's <laughs> that's so funny that you really do. You get attached, and yeah. and you've you've really put effort into like you know gathering and cultivating and planting and having them follow you. And that's that's definitely how it feels. Yeah, like you, like if you lose a whole bunch, you're not just going back to the ship and pulling out another hundred. You're spending like two days yeah. like, digging, digging them out and gathering like slowly enough to have a big enough team to take down something big, and then you can get a whole bunch of them all at once. And it's it's a process. Mm. And so so we just talked about it, and we, and we were really close to the end, and we kind of decided, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take another shot at this, and we're gonna be careful and we're going to try and finish it so we can get some closure on it. <laughs> maybe it'll have a happy ending and you know everyone will survive and so we did we we finished it up and and we didn't lose nearly as many pikmin <laughs> as the first attempt and and he was really happy and actually lately in the last couple of weeks he's been asking if we can pull it out again and and play through it another time so we're gonna do that as soon as we're done with this lego marvel superheroes we're playing i think and you said well i'd like to but all the pikmin are dead so we can't play anymore <laughs> The Great Pikmin Massacre of 2014. Yeah. Oh, you didn't read in the news? Uh. <laughs> Blame Monsanto. <laughs> yeah, as far as like just gameplay goes, too, it was nothing, nothing groundbreaking for the series. Other, like You get the extra layer of having three characters to interact with near the end instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just a bigger Pikmin world, which I was totally fine with. And the, the new Pikmin types were, were all right, but they're... You know, they had new Pikmin types in number two as well. Well, interesting. Yeah, okay. Nothing I would have ever thought, but okay. No, yeah. I remember talking about it, but I, don't, I didn't remember you uh, saying that it was so high up on your uh, enjoyment uh, list for this year. Yeah, well, playing playing with my son really pushed it up there. If it, if it wasn't for him, um, I don't think it would have been as memorable for me. Nice. Still, still was like a solid strategy game, but I don't think it would have made my top ten. All right. No, I get that. I get that. So, Bill. Yeah. Number three. Civilization. Oh, here we go. Beyond Earth. <laughs> Beyond, <laughs> it begins. Beyond yeah. Earth. Now, I heard there were people had some qualms with that one. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have problems with it. And uh, if you look back at uh, when Civ Five first came out, uh-huh. um, it's, it's extremely similar. Um, and even the people who have problems with uh, Beyond Earth, they're like... It's Civ Five all over again. It's you know, it's like the game's not like Civ Five. People had lots of issues with until and then the first expansion came out, and it's like they're charging you thirty bucks to like put things in the game that should have been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then the second expansion comes out, and it's like okay, now the game's complete and it's amazing. 
Um, so it's very much the same with uh, Beyond Earth. Um, and I haven't put a ton of time into it, like just like a handful of hours. Um, but uh, unlike Civilization V, which is one of my favorite uh, uh, turn-based strategy games of all time, uh, with both expansions, um, the the turns for me in, in Beyond Earth are much slower. Um, it's more methodical. Uh, you see, with it, like when you're playing Civilization, and you start, and it's like, okay, I'm going to found a city. And you know what founding a city is. You're starting a city, and you know what earth is you know what the weather's like you know like what the indigenous life is like you know what a cow is you know that's less aggressive than a bull you know like you know all this stuff so everything on this alien world um is uh you know alien so um a lot of people uh you know like to find out as much about a game before they play it as they can i'm the complete opposite i'd like to go in knowing nothing so when i started the game up and i i put a youtube video uh, uh up uh, on rf gen on a blog entry kind of like you know me learning the game my first like 20-ish turns it's like really long but it's like two or three hours long um no it's like maybe like an hour hour and a half but uh I, you know, you go through a lot of options before the game starts because Civ 5, you just say, okay, here's how I want to start. Let's start. And in Beyond Earth, there's a lot. You can choose who your, uh, like, corporate sponsor is before you uh, reach this, uh, you know, alien world. That kind of determines some perks uh, later like in the game. KFC or exactly. like Napa Auto Parts. Or... <laughs> exactly. Those are two. Those are two of the available seven. Um, also McDonald's, Subway, Starbucks. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and everyone's got their nicknames for them. It's like oh, the Asian, you know, Asian conglomerate, or you know, the, the, the that's not the, racist. The the Buddhist. Mo- oh no, yeah. Well, because like the guy who like you know runs it, um, they, you you see where their where their you know where their origin is. Um, but it's just really cool because, like, it's it's hard not to compare it to Civ Five because it does play very much like Civ Five, but I still feel like it plays different enough where it doesn't feel like just a rescan of the same game. So you you land on this uh, you know alien world, you send out a scout to be exploring, um, you you find areas that uh, need more exploration. Um, you're I mean it's 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 just stand you know kind of fairly standard strategy stuff but since it's you know an alien world you really don't know like what the implication could be so like when you find like a mysterious substance you have to have scientists research it and then once the research is done it just doesn't add a pile to your research money it's like okay this is something that we could use to you know cultivate uh, uh, a relationship with the uh you know, another civilization. Do we want to do that? Like, there, there's there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. And the reason I play these games is because I really enjoy making meaningful decisions. Uh, the more things that I can do that have an effect on the gameplay experience or that have an effect on the outcome of the game. That's why I love uh, a tabletop and a strategy board game so much. Is I like feeling that everything I'm doing matters um, in the uh, in the in the grand scheme. So, so again, I haven't played uh, you know dozens of hours in the game yet, but Every time I have a little bit of time to kind of fire the game up, because I, I like to have a good amount of time when I sit down with... I hate playing this game for like five minutes because you feel like you get nothing done. Um, so you kind of need a little chunk of time for it. But uh, it's, uh, it's you know, it's kind of what I was expecting before it came out. It's uh, It feels a lot like Civ Five. It's got some issues, uh, some balance issues. Some Sometimes I feel like I'm way underpowered early in the game. 
Um, but uh, I feel like a lot of the guys who have problems with the game, when I look at how much they've played, it's like they're like 80 hours uh, in the first three days of the game coming out guy, and they've written like five blog articles blasting how bad it is. I'm like, dude, <laughs> just t- t- take a deep breath and, you know, see the forest. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I-, I really enjoy it a lot. And it's really complex. There's a lot to it. So it's kind of a hard thing to talk about in just a couple minutes. But uh, if you have any interest in just kind of seeing how the game plays from the start, um, just write on RF Gen, Wild Bill 52, uh, grab my uh, my blog entry for uh, Civilization Beyond Earth. And I'd kind of go through the first hour of the game in there. I've been playing a lot more board games, like you mentioned there, mm-hmm. lately. And the more I play, the more I kind of crave a game like like Civ for myself too lately. I really mm. want something like that that I can give a try this year, I think. Yeah, I mean there's when I would play board games with my couple buddies that I played them with, there's board games where you were literally like it's every decision you make, sometimes you you like you stress about it or you take a little bit longer deciding a turn because <laughs> you're like this really could make a huge di- like Carcassonne. Yeah. Every turn's really important. So you look at your tile and you're like, okay, how can I maximize placing this tile to add to my score? Um, but it, but that game doesn't feel stressful. It just feels fun. You know, like there there are other uh, strategy have games. You, that, have you played with some of the expansions? It, it gets stressful. I've only played with Inns and Cathedrals, and what's the red one called? Uh, I don't know. We've we've yeah. our cousin, my wife's cousin, has like six different expansions for it. And we played with <laughs> all of them last time. That's too much. And there's there's this <laughs> one where you can add like towers to the board, mm-hmm. and then with those towers, you can imprison other people's oh, no. tokens, like right out of their towns and stuff. Yeah, and it no. is the worst thing ever. I'm not into it. Like, I like inns and cathedrals, and I like, what's the other one? It's like hunters and something, or like I, I forget, but inns and cathedrals is great. Um, it just kind of tweaks the game a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like Android Netrunner, which we talked about a little bit. Um, yeah, that I've been playing a bit of that. Lately. That is a game where, like, okay, your turn, and you know, I could lose yeah. the game right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, does he have a piece of ice or a trap yeah. in there? So, so Civilization yeah. is not quite like that because you can make you know a handful of bad turns and like still kind of come out on top. But like, uh, there's there's really you know you sit down, you look at the situation. And you have to look at a lot of things. So it's not just, oh, I think I'll go this direction. It's like, well, is that a hill? Is that a mountain? Is there something uh, uh, bad nearby? How many movement points do I have? How many movement points do I have this turn? How much economy do I have? Should I launch something? Should I be researching something else? There's, And the game does an okay job teaching you this. Um, but I find it's, it's, it's a lot to ask a new player to read a lot of that stuff. It's better if you have, you know, voice uh, a voiceover saying like, "Oh, well, this is what you do when you have to come to here." And I find right. more often when you're learning Civ Five uh, Beyond Earth, you just hear like, and, and even Civ Five, if you have the advisors on, they're like, "I have some news for you," and then you have to like <laughs> read the chat, the paragraph on like, you know, the details. It's like, uh, it'd be really great if you had a voice on there that says, "Oh, well, what an expedition is is a voyage." Blah blah blah. Right. So, um, it's the same as like a board game. It sucks when you just pull something out, nobody knows, and you're sitting there with the rule book yep. the whole time. It's awesome to have that one guy who's played before yeah. and can walk everyone through it. And the cool thing about board games and uh, strategy games too is like all the people who play them. Like I've never met one who doesn't like teaching how to play to other people. 
Cause, oh, yeah. Because they just want everyone to play this game with them. <laughs> so uh, that's why I made a How to Play Civ Vive video. It's why I made a you know intro to Civ Beyond Earth video. It's why if anyone ever sees a board game at my house and is like, how do you play Arkham Horror? I'll be like, why don't I just show you how to play Arkham <laughs> Horror? So, but yeah, ha- having someone... It was just like that with me in Fallout 3. I had like tried it for a bit, and I was like, ah, I'm not getting it. And then my father-in-law sat me down for like three days, like four hours a day, and was like answered all my questions and then like 80 hours within the next couple of weeks i was like i love this game so yeah it's uh it is uh it's for me i like it awesome now do you play online or just solo nope. just me okay uh, it's like a lot of games i'm sure i'm not that good at it um like compared to you know like some of the guys who, like hang out on the civ forums and all that stuff i just enjoy playing it but i know i wouldn't be good competitively okay but it's but that's it's a really good uh, uh, spot for me to be in because when I teach new players, it's not like I'm going to destroy them because I'm not fantastic at it. I just know how to play. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Ah, well, me number three. Um, my number three is actually a number four, and uh, <laughs> Far Cry Whoa. Four. Far is Cry Four. My number three pick. Um, I thought this was going to be higher up the list. I thought this was going to be higher up the list. Well, it's got some tough competition this year, but uh, I will say this. Um, I love Far Cry 4 to death. Mm. I mean, Bill and I were just playing the other night. Um, Mm. But this game just, uh, and I'm going to probably guess that Bill might have it in his list later. We'll see. Um, Yeah. But this game just takes everything that 3 did right and just turns it up a huge notch and yeah. says, you know all the stuff you loved? Let's make it awesome. Add elephants and helicopters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> L- literally everything. Yeah. I mean, and e- they just... Even, even stuff you didn't think needed tweaking, they were like, we can do that better. Yeah. And they just packed this thing so full of content. Um, and every bit it was fun. And... The sign of a good open world game like this to me, because I'm not huge into these open world things, mm-hmm. but the sign of a good open world game is like, okay, I got to go over and do this. You get walking like five feet up the road and there's something else happening over here and like, oh crap, let's go do that. <laughs> you know Right, and it, but it doesn't feel like a chore. No, you're like, oh my gosh, it, there's something going of, on over A lot here. of times in open world games, I'm like, ugh, I just wanted to go do the mission. I don't want to do this thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You don't get that feeling. Yeah, like, oh, here's a karma event over here. And I've had my karma maxed for eternity. But I'm still like, <laughs> oh, I gotta go know. help these guys. <laughs> yeah. you know these guys, I gotta go help them. That's the principle uh, of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, or like, you know, when Bill and I were playing, I uh, 100% of this game. I did everything. I'm not an achievement guy. I did all the achievements for this game. I did everything. Everything that there was to do, I did it. And still, like the other day, Bill's like, "Oh, you know, hey, you want, I haven't played this in a while. You want to play?" And I'm, I'm like, "Yes." You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm like, of course, I want to play this game because I just want to run around in the world and shoot stuff. Uh, it's just, it's just fun. I mean, everything about it is just entertainment. And this one, I think, did a better job with the storytelling than the last one did. Um, and maybe I won't go forever into it, just in case it may pop up in the in the list a little bit later. But I just want to say, I mean. This is just a game I just like loved every minute of it. There's a smile on my face, and there's so many moments where it was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know what I mean? That was, what? <laughs> what was that? 
you know, you're like running through it and all of a sudden, you know, there's like, uh, you know, two animals fighting in the, in mm-hmm. the middle of the woods and uh, you can get in the middle of it or you just know, or like you'll be going and the bad guys are over here and all of a sudden like a honey badger attacks them out of the blue or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just oh, crazy stuff. Uh, and the characters were likable, and uh, it's so much fun co-op. Have they, have they announced the Blood Dragon edition yet? No, they haven't, but I hope they do it. Um, I think, And I think they finally released Blood Dragon physically, I heard. They did. Yeah, I think it's in a uh, it's in a combo, right? It's like Far Cry. Compla- it's like Far Cry compilation, and it's got like 2, 3, and, and Blood Dragon. Oh, crabby, go play uh, yeah. Blood Dragon. Yeah, I mean, two, two. I didn't think it was two. If it's two, then that's a huge deal. Two is way underrated. It was like this. It's the same kind of game that three and four is, just before people knew that they wanted that. So it's a hard game to go back to because um, the technology is a little bit dated, but it's exactly the same kind of game. The setting is uh, Africa. So you kind of have like uh, between the African setting of two, the tropical setting of uh, three, and the, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, Nepal, uh, Everest uh, type uh, setting of four. You really get uh, kind of the diversity of the setting in the three of them. But uh, I mean, I just that's there's nothing. I mean, just like you just sum it all up, but just been saying fun. I just no. every minute of the game was fun, and fun usually like. For. Yeah, there's like usually parts of these games I hate. Like there's races, right? And usually I don't like those things at all. But these were fun. Because you're like running down the race and all of a sudden there's some tiger coming at you or something and you're trying to race. Or they have races where like people are trying to kill you during the race. And the races all take place in the open world, so it's not always the same race. Sometimes there'll just be some car coming down the road that'll get in your way because the guy was just driving that way. I mean, (laughs) so you, I mean, it's just crazy. Um would you say that it's your favorite Metroidvania game? <laughs> Something like that, anyway. But yeah, that's it. Far Cry 4. you do keep getting uh, power-ups that unlock more of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, anyway. But yeah, that's it. Far Cry 4, my number three. Awesome. Getting closer. Krabby? We are getting, getting closer. closer. It's up to me again? Numero dos. Up to you, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit here and, and mash a bunch of games into oh, one. I, no, no. I, I, I tried to I tried to cheat last year. No, and you didn't do that. I'm doing no. it. <laughs> I'm gonna make you right, pick I, one. I I, I will uh, I'll put it into two games and I, I think you'll, I'm gonna make you pick one. You'll, you can. No, no, I know what he's gonna do and it's, it's yeah. I'll allow it. Super Smash Bros. 3DS and Wii U. That's one thing. <laughs> okay, it's basically the same game. Fine. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah. yeah. There's a few differences, but not enough to, to count them two separately, I think. All right, now, I've played this, and I am not uh, a Smash aficionado, so sell me on Smash. Nope. Um, I, everybody knows what it is. I think if you're not sold on it already, there's there's nothing nothing new that's going to bring yeah. people over that, that aren't already fans of it. It's just more fan service, just bigger and better. So why was it your because, number two? It's my number two because... In the store here over the last year and a half that we've been running, we've been doing Smash Bros. events. We've been doing lots of tournaments, but the Smash Bros. ones always get the biggest turnouts, and so we do them the most often. And so I've kind of been cultivating a little competitive Smash scene in my town here, and it's been so much fun to play with people who are 
some of which are significantly better than me. I have not placed in the top three in any of our events. Wow. Yet. And I used to beat everybody I came across handily. So it is a new experience for me and I'm loving it. <laughs> having, um, And I've been going up. Like I, the first few events we did, I, I ranked near the bottom. And the last one we did, we got, I got fourth place. So I'm almost in the top three. All right. <laughs> so I'm improving and I'm having fun improving. And this is my favorite version of the game so far. Not just because Mega Man's in it. My favorite fighter is actually the Wii Fit Trainer, which I don't understand myself, but <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> um, it, like we did a two versus two versus two versus two tournament just before Christmas. So there was eight people playing at once, and it was chaotic, and it was so much fun. Everybody was having a blast, even the people that lost because of some ridiculous, <laughs> you know, three people teaming up on them type thing. Um it's just so much fun, and the the challenges are, as usual, really hard. So I've been working away on those single player for a while. Um, they've got the online matches, which you know I'm not a huge online guy, but they're really nice to have when I'm gonna practice for an event. Um, especially if I'm having you know having trouble against a certain character, it's nice to play matches against you know like Rosalina if I'm having trouble getting past her. Hmm figuring some stuff out um all the different controller options are fantastic like when we did the last event we had people playing on the gamepad the pro controller the wii remote nunchuck and the gamecube controllers wow yeah all in the same match crazy so just loving it be doing what it's doing exactly yeah it's just doing the same thing it's always done with bigger levels and they took out some of the weird stuff like in in brawl a lot of the competitive guys don't like it because it moves a lot slower and there's this stupid random tripping mechanism they put in the game so once in a while you'll just be running at the guy and fall and and you can't predict it and there's nothing you can do so when you're in a tournament level that is like the worst thing that could ever happen right yeah sounds like sounds like a feature They they got rid of stuff like that, and they they put like a for glory mode they call it in there, which gives you a, a version of every level where it's not dynamic. It's just got that level's theme and music, um, and it's hyper competitive. So there's no things moving around that are going to accidentally kill you if you're not paying attention. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So they they've stepped it up to cater to the competitive crowd as well as the uh, the casual crowd still because they've all got, they've got new crazy items, new crazy assist trophies. The smash balls are still in it, and, and I have fun going back and forth between the two styles of play. I don't know much about Smash, and I because I played played this you know just a little bit ago. Um, but I think the coolest thing was like some superpower thing where all the Mega Mans got together and then yeah. and unleashed like some kind of horrible beam thing. That's one of the funnest Smash balls to get. That was pretty pretty impressive. <laughs> like all of them just gang up on you at once. Yeah, there's like five versions of Mega Man all out at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So we fit trainer, huh? We fit trainer. That's that's my main character. Yeah, that's interesting. With with a Mega Man and Mario as my backups. Very interesting. No Pac Man, huh? No, but a lot of uh, the other guys around here, a couple of my friends play a lot of Pac-Man, and he is pretty violent. I saw a lot of Pac-Man when we were playing the other night, so. And Pit, for some reason. Lots of Pac-Man and Pit, but. We don't have many Pit players up here. I don't know. Bill? Smash? Ever? No? Nope. Yeah, I didn't figure. I, uh, I... 
I think by now everyone knows what it is too. So yeah. I'm not going to try and sell you guys on it. I'm just telling it, you yeah. why I love it. And, and it's one of those things that I, there's enough people who love it to death that I can't say like, Oh, like this thing is just whatever. Um, it, it's exactly like it is what it is. And if you love it right now, that's it. Um, if you play it for, you know, I, I do think that you kind of have to give it more than a couple minutes, uh, I don't know if it's a you know you instantly love it or hate it right away, especially because all the people who are into it um, are usually really good at it. So if you go to a party with 50 people who are into it, um, not even a tournament, just like a party, everyone hanging out and doing it, you're just going to get demolished uh, by everybody. So that was one of the problems I had with it. It was like, well, I'm really bad at it and everyone's really good at it. Let me try it like on my own, like, you know, learning as a computer and stuff like that. Typically a problem with any game in the fighting genre. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this with uh, Street Fighter Four. I think last time yeah, that we yeah. all got there, together. There's just basic methods and techniques that, and they don't take a lot of time to learn. But mm-hmm. if you know them, you will destroy anybody who's just picking up the game like with without a challenge. Right. Yeah. And and the other part of it is, uh, I I do feel like if you're playing with people who are kind of like cool and nice people, they they kind of like try to help you along because they want you in the scene. Um, yep. But I do the the people who I like played with when I first started playing the game are people who would not tell me anything. It's like uh, how do I, how do I, how do I do that? And they're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so you know the, the scene we've been making up here is like we do them at the store, but there's also little factions that have like started doing like weekly smash nights at guys' houses, and they'll invite like everyone that came to the tournament, whether they got last place or first place, they're like, do you want to come play Smash for like four hours? We're going to Richard's house and, you know, just bring a two liter of pop and come see as long as you want. Awesome. And yeah, so I see all these little bonds like growing all over the place too from it that are really cool. That is and, cool. And they're in- including all the casual players as well. Good deal. Very and, cool. and they're not, they're like, the casual guys don't necessarily want to get really good at the game. They just have fun playing yeah, it. Sure. And you, you can see the competitive guys, they'll be like, hey, you want to learn this technique? And they're like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I play. They're always like, oh, yeah. man, you Chris, you in? I'm like, mm, yeah. sure, my, like, whatever. My, like my, my brother in high school, he was the one who like uh, would like have the after school club where they were like, they convinced the school library to like, hey, can we use the, there's a projection TV in there that they use for like presentations and a while. They're like, can we just use it after school? And they're like, yeah, no one's using it. So they had like an after school smash, uh, like get together club. And my brother was one of the kids <laughs> who was like, he like kind of like point like, uh, uh, you know, pushing his uh, glasses up his nose when he would like describe the game. It's like, well, if you're on the Y axis and you press the C <laughs> minus button, you'll actually jump three frames higher than if you didn't oh, do that. So I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in this party. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta yeah. go. And bless him because he loves it. Like, and, and that group loved it. And, you know, he would always destroy everybody. I'm like, hey, I'm glad you guys are all getting together having fun. Um, but uh, I, it's just not something that ever clicked with me. And I don't know if it will. I do see that elitism more in fighting games than I think a lot of other genres. Oh, definitely. Too. Very yeah. competitive. Yeah. yeah. Very competitive. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like it's, you get to this point where you, you need those frames to have the advantage <laughs> over someone who's equally skilled as you. Mm-hmm. So if you put in the time, you, you can have an advantage over them. And, and then it turns into a little snobbiness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ish. All right, Bill. You ready for number two? I am super duper ready. All right. Let's hear it. Broken Age. Broken? It's not even done. The game's not oh, done, sure it right? Is. Sure it is. Well, <laughs> Burial at Sea Part 1. Uh... I played two parts. For that. Yeah, and we shouldn't have even let you count those two as one. 
Don't worry, he's going to be even madder at my next one. <laughs> Way so, madder. So yeah, Broken Age, um, uh, as I uh, mentioned in the blog entry that uh, Chris uh, refused to read, um, <laughs> I should be saying Broken Age Act 1 because the second half of the game has not been released yet. Uh, the rumor is it's going to be released uh, by the spring, and it's going to be accompanied by a physical release. Oh. Uh, so yay, Krabby might get to play it. Um <sighs> PC only, or is it coming? No, consoles? it's uh, uh, it's coming to PS uh, three, four, uh, PC. Um, I th- uh, I don't know about Wii or Wii U. Um, I know Pro- probably not. Let's just assume <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, probably not. But also, there's no mention of an Xbox One release either. So I think the PS three, PS four. Uh, but the, the only on either of those. But the yeah. only physical release that they mentioned was the PC. I think everything else is digital. Um, ah. But yeah, so so Broken Age, um, everyone knows about it. It was the kind of one of the one of the Kickstarters that kind of like you know got Kickstarter, uh, you know, kickstarted Kickstarter. It kickstarted Kickstarter. Yeah, they should they should get some residuals for that. Right. Um, it's it's the one that kind of got everyone realizing like, hey, we could make stuff on Kickstarter and it could you know be really cool. Um, there's there's a lot of negativity that you could. Uh, uh, talk about with Broken Age and the Kickstarter just because it, the Kickstarter started in March of 2012 with an estimated completion date of October 2012 and here we are in 2015 and the entire game hasn't been released um, but at the same time they were only asking for like 400 grand uh, like 100 grand to film the documentary and 300 grand to make the game when they got 10 times as much money they said we're not going to make the simple game we originally envisioned, we get 10 times as much money, so let's make a game that big. So that's why it's taken this long. And also, they didn't have any concept done. Part of the process was, you know, coming up with the idea for the game. So that's, you know, it takes a long it's time. so hard. Even with, like, all the problems they've had, I find it really hard to be negative about it just because Tim Schafer is so lovable. He's so great. It, it's, it, uh, it, and, and, that's, and that's where I am because I had a couple of friends come over the other day and we started talking about Broken Age and we'll get to the game in a minute, I promise. Um, but they were like, you know, can we just talk about how Double Fine has really just mismanaged this project? And I said, yeah, I don't think they're a super well-run like company in like the business sense of things. But I absolutely can't be angry because this game experience is something that just, number one, wouldn't have been possible um, without this situation. Also, I don't think there's anything malicious in the way that Double Fine has been doing their business. I just don't think it's been, you know... The absolute yeah, they, best way they to were do like, it. They didn't put out their, you know, underfunded game and go, you know, sip margaritas on an island. <laughs> yeah. like they put or, it, they put it all back into the game, and they were pretty open about that. Right, and and uh, so so on to the game. So the game, um, I believe, is available uh, through Steam. And the way it works uh, is you pay the price for the game, you get episode one, when two is released, you'll get it. So it's kind of similar to the way the Telltale games uh, would have worked if you purchased them before all the episodes were released. And uh, there's there's probably multiple ways to get it as well, like through the, the Humble Store, I think you can buy it through Double Fine's uh, website. Um, anyway, it is a uh, point-and-click adventure game, classic uh, Tim Schafer-style point-and-click adventure. Um there are two stories that intertwine, um, but you don't know how they're intertwining. Basically, the game starts out with the, with the first choice is there's a girl and a boy. And you don't know anything about them other than just where they're sitting. And you choose, okay, like whose story do I want to begin? And that's, you know, where, where it kicks off. So the girl is uh, uh, Vela. She is kind of like 
about to be part of this like you know ceremony that's supposed to be like this great honor but she's like i don't get this like i don't know why i gotta be doing this and they're like no no it's a great honor it's, it's gonna be great you're gonna love it it's gonna be great and it's actually kind of like a sacrificial thing so she has to escape from it um and that's where her story starts she's trying to escape from this uh you know this tradition this culture and she's like this doesn't make any sense i'm gonna go do my so own they're, thing they're gonna sacrifice her if she doesn't escape uh I, I don't want to spoil too much. Or is but that, that's too much plot? It's, okay. it's it's very early in the game, so it's probably not too much plot, but it's it's just better if you probably don't know more details. Um, okay. But she's about to take part in this like ritual, and she's like, this doesn't make any sense. So she she escapes. The boy's story, um, his name is Shay. Uh, I forget the voice actor for Vela, but Shay is uh, voiced by Elijah Wood. Um, so Shay's story is he's a boy. He lives by himself on a spaceship... Um, out in space, it's you know it's not like on a planet or anything, so it's out in space, and he is taken care of by the ship, which has two AI personas, a mother and a father. So he's like sleeping in his bed, and like the ship's like, "Come on, buddy, Shay, Shay, let's get up." And then the father's like, "Don't talk to him like that." And she's like, "No, leave him alone." And like these like mechanical <laughs> arms come out and like pull the blanket up over him, and his whole thing is like, "Ugh." I'm just sick of the same routine. Like, he gets up, the ship, like, brushes his teeth for him. He's like, like, you know, I want to change. I want to adventure. I want to go do something. So his whole story is you're trying to, you know, figure a way off this ship. And actually, one of the characters that comes into it is, like, a big bad wolf type character. And he's got this really cool, like, Benjamin Linus kind of voice, like, this very... uh, (laughs) uh, Like, I thought it was, uh, what's his name? The actor who plays uh, Ben Linus, but it's not. It's really really like i don't think i've ever ever heard anyone say he's got a cool voice (laughs) oh such a cool voice um so uh but anyway so like that's like a little bit of like the the basic setup so at any point you can switch between the two characters so you can so one of the coolest things about that is a lot of times with adventure games you'll be you know pointing and clicking and doing your puzzle or whatever and you'll get stuck and in the past like all you could do is like okay well Am I going to look this up? Am I going to stop playing and think about it for a while? I'm going to scratch my head. So with this game, you can just switch over to the other character in another world and like continue that storyline. Then maybe you get stuck there. And then you go back to it and you're like, oh, wait, I think I figured out a thing on how to do that. So it's a really cool mechanic for that. Um, the other thing it's really cool for is you don't realize how the stories are intertwining until the end. But once it happens, it's like... One, it, this is the thing that I absolutely will not spoil. It is one of the coolest. Like it's like a bio. It's like a the end of Bioshock Infinite hammer they that hits you. F- they feed the sacrifices to the boy spaceship. <laughs> to fuel. It is the girl is the fuel for the ship. It is, yes, it is. It is awesome, <laughs> and it happened, and I gasped, and then I like went to my wife, and I was like, "You don't understand what just happened." And uh, <laughs> so it's really cool. So I'm not I'm not going to say anything, but it's uh, it's awesome. It, it makes the wait for uh, for uh, the second part even uh, that much more unbearable. But we're only a few months away. Um, the artwork is just it's just simply beautiful. There's nothing else that looks like it. Um, the artist that they uh, hired for the job is someone who they'd worked with before. His name is Nathan Stapley. 
Uh, his nickname is Bagel, so they just call him Bagel. On all the uh, the documentaries are great that came with the uh, the kickstarted uh, 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 version. So every couple of months, you get like an hour long, you know, kind of behind the scenes look at what they're doing and the voice acting and the writing and the the studio and stuff. So it is really cool to kind of see all the steps, like you know, how to make the sausage and everything. But uh, um, everything about the game um, is it's quintessentially Tim Schafer. Uh, and I know this is a running theme with some of my games, but the humor, the artwork, uh, the writing, uh, the charm, the uh, uh, you know just everything about like the story and the characters and the way the world is alive. Uh, but on top of that, how clever these puzzles are. Um, the a great puzzle and adventure game is something that you the, the the problem is presented to you you think about it for a little while you, it's not immediately apparent and then you think of it and you're like oh i know how to do this and then you do it and you get a uh, a response so you know you're on the right track but that's not quite the solution so you're like okay you're on the right track just take it a little bit further and then that's that solves you the puzzle and uh, they're so so gloriously rewarding uh, with how good the puzzles are and how smart they are. So uh, super, super happy with it um, for just really, you know, just a, a just a joyful experience. And I can't wait to play through it again before uh, part two comes out. Now, am I the only person that like when there's these episodic sort of things, I like to wait till they're out and nope. then I play I'm, it through? I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, when this game was announced, it wasn't that wasn't the intention. Ah, okay. Um, since it had been so long, since you know they, they said, okay, there's a few ways we can do this. We can either you know like well, and the main thing was they ran out of money. Um, How they so ran they, out of money? Yeah, because <laughs> the, like they, they, they it was something like they released a statement. They were like, listen, when we got way more money than we thought we ever would, we designed a much bigger game. And uh, as it turns out, we designed a bigger game than the money that we got uh, could provide. So they did a bunch of stuff. They released uh, Brutal A, sorry, uh, Brutal Legend on PC, um, which you know was only on uh, the consoles before then. Uh, the Cave, um, which was a Ron Gilbert project, um, and what uh, was the other one? Um, I think Stacking was already out, but there was something else they put out. They put out a whole bunch of kind of like projects they were working on. They did fundraisers. They put Brutal Legend on PC. It was all to raise money, to raise more money for Broken Age. Hmm. They weren't going to ask the people, the backers, for more money. They were still going to give them the game, but they were like, we need more money to finish this game. Crazy. So they released the first part. They said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to release part one to everyone who bought it. Everyone gets it, like no charge, and you'll get to the second part when it comes out. But we're also going to put it up for sale for anyone who didn't back it. So all of these sales from part one were going to fund the continued development for Act Two or Part Two. Um, but but I'm totally with you. Like when Walking Dead or when Back to the Future came out, uh-huh. and then later on when Walking Dead came out, yep. I had briefly considered, okay, like I'm going to pay the twenty twenty five bucks, whatever it is, and then whenever a new episode comes out, I'll play it. It's kind of a cool idea, but in practice. I'd much rather have all of them and just go from one right to the other. I, I have a hard time, you know, playing a fifth of a story, taking a month break, playing the second fifth of a story, yeah. taking a month break. So I, I do prefer the binge. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Krabby, having recently played some of the like Walking Dead, do you could you have seen yourself spacing these things a month apart? No, I would have lost interest or forgotten and moved on to something else. There's yeah. no way I would have played through all of them. If they weren't all neatly together. Yeah, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. 
All right, so Broken Age. Broken Age. All right, uh, number two for me. We're getting down to it. Number two for me is Bravely Default. Oh, not what I thought was going to be there. Bravely Default is my number two. Um, I know probably I won't get any backup on this one, but... Uh, <laughs> nope. I, I loved Bravely Default because... Uh, probably mostly because it took it took the classic root of Final Fantasy games of the 16-bit era and brought it forward into a new, revised, polished package. So it's basically, uh, you know, at its core is kind of like a Final Fantasy V system. It's just they've taken all the stuff that kind of can make Japanese RPGs kind of uh, rough to play at times and just smooth all that stuff out. So, okay, well, y- you don't, you don't feel like fighting right now. Turn, you know, turn the encounter rate down to zero. No fights. Don't have to worry about it. Um, do you want to grind for a while? Crank the, the encounter rate up to 200%. So you don't have to walk around in circles forever. It's just fight, 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 fight. Um, is the battle animations getting slow for you? Fa- turn it on fast speed, and it moves super fast through that. Um, like certain sets of combos, set it up, put it on auto. It'll keep doing the same thing every fight. And the depth of all the skills that you can get through all the different jobs that come through, you can mix and match those. Again, very similar to kind of like Final Fantasy V. And it just made for an extremely rich battle system which is key, and I love turn-based battles, and and it just did that sort of thing perfectly. The story itself, you know, it was what it was. Uh, you know, it's your typical, again, sort of 16-bit RPG-ish kind of story, so it's not setting the world on fire. It had some unique twists to it, but for me, it was it's always the gameplay that drives me to it. So as, if it's something that I can sit... And kind of really go through, and I can grind. I got all my guys, like all the maximum levels, all the jobs, the maximum levels. Um, I did like all the side content, optional bosses. Uh, I did all of it, uh, and even the ending kind of came together really well. And it was a challenge all the way through. It's not like where a lot of these were. Oh, I am maxed out. I can walk all over everything that exists. You can't do it, even at that. You still have to really stop and think through your strategies with the bosses, and the optional bosses are even much harder than that. So you really have to have an idea of what you're doing and how to really work the system to be able to get anywhere with it. So it just takes everything and it puts together in a really great handheld package. Pop it open, do some fights, play a little bit, close the lid, come back to it whenever you like. Um, It just... It's everything that I want in a Final Fantasy game and that they've left behind. And so I was just really thrilled to death to play Bravely Default. I remember when all you guys were playing this. I feel like everyone, like, it was, well, like, Floyd, you, Crabby, did you play it? I played it much later than, than Floyd and Chris did. Yeah, I remember you guys chatting about it a lot, uh, just like kind of like in one of the conversations we were having, and I remember how much you really enjoyed it. And I think I downloaded the demo, mm-hmm. and I don't think I gave it enough time. I, like I played it for a couple minutes, like one night, 
and it wasn't really clicking and I was like, I'll play it again when I have some more time to see if it clicks. And I just never fired it up again. But it's it's one of the games that's still on my to playlist. And Krabby, did you just fizzle? <laughs> I like we're we're talking games up here, so I don't want to get too much into it, but it I, I tried it just uh, about a month ago. Uh-huh. And uh, I had some some problems I couldn't get past to enjoy it. But all all the stuff you like the way you just described it sounds so good to me. But I couldn't get past some other things and get to enjoying the good stuff. Really, I think if it's something if you like Final Fantasy V type of game, I think this is sort of right up your alley. But you got to like the mechanics. I mean, it's a it's it's a mechanical game, and you have to know the, it. The mechanics sound solid. It was the mobile feeling that pushed me away from it and soured me very early on. Okay. I mean, there's different components to the game. Um, some of it's almost kind of take it or leave it. Um, I don't know. But when I, yeah, take, I can, I can deal with take it or leave it, but there, there was like reminders that, that they're always there constantly, which, which really took me out of the game. Okay. All right. But um, but for me, it was fantastic. It was everything that I've been looking for in a JRPG for years. Um, and it was like, finally, somebody listened and somebody understood what I wanted and gave it to me. I'm like, sell me this stuff all day long. I'll buy it. Um, mm. Just do it right. Uh, it's the kind of game I love. Um, and it just seems like everybody's given up on turn-based good turn-based RPGs of that kind of, especially Square. You know, Square had kind of just oh, yeah. totally forsaken its lineage. Uh, You're going all the action. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, and I was such it was such a breath of fresh air to get this again, to kind of go, great. And then to know that there's a sequel coming. So, guys, like, done, sign me up, whatever it is, I'll, I'm buying it day one. My sort of thing. So to me, it was fantastic. I totally did everything I could do in that game. Loved every minute of it. Great. So that's going to take us down to last spot, right? Number one. Last Last spot. spot. Oh, man. All right, Krabby. Number one for 2015. Oh, 2014. Sorry. (laughs) 2014. This this is... This is going to get even sloppier than the last uh, one where I pushed two together. Come on, it's man. Get very Can you messy. just pick a game? I, I, hope, I hope my explanation will tie it together for you and, and you'll be satisfied. Probably not, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, how about this? At the end of my explanation, if you are not satisfied, I will pick a game. Excellent. How about at the beginning of your explanation if I'm not satisfied? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so to begin the tale... Um, <laughs> there's a tail. <laughs> yes, uh, at the very tail end of 2013, I, I met a gentleman through through my store who was trading in like the best stuff you could imagine, okay. like turbo duos, like that contraforce that went to Bill came from him, like complete in box. Like it was just amazing the stuff the guy's bringing in. And every two days he was bringing in like a box full of it. And so I'm talking to him, and he used to own a store kind of like mine, like. 10 years ago Mm -hmm. before I lived here and he's got a lot of this stuff still he still plays and buys a lot of games but he's like I'm these are things I can I can part with I don't play anymore I don't see myself playing with them you know I had one last night with most of these things with my friends and got it out of my system and so we're talking about our our favorite series after a while and then it started 2014 we decided to we both just Mega Man's like way up there for both of us 
and neither of us have gone through all of the X Games. We've gone through some of the X Games. So we, we came up with the plan that every Thursday I was going to go to his house, we were going to boot up a Mega Man X game, and we were going to play through 1 through 8 all chronologically. So my, my number one is the Mega Man X series. I am not, <laughs> because, I am not satisfied. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not done with this. <laughs> not done yet. <laughs> um, so we started with one. And, and you know, we're, we're obviously most familiar with that one, burn through it quick. We start with two, and, you know, we relatively quick. Like, the first one we beat in, like, a couple hours on one day. And then the next time, next week we meet, play Mega Man X2. We're able to finish it in, like, three, three and a half hours or so. Then we get to X3, about the same. Then we get to four, and this is where neither of us are very familiar with the series anymore. And we're spending a lot more time on it. And, you know, at first we're always, you know, talking about games, talking about Mega Man, and then start talking about more personal stuff and bonding. And over the course of, like, these six months that we played through all these games, we've got this amazing friendship going that's extended way beyond Mega Man. We're doing, like, board game nights and buying pinball machines together. He's helping me with my uh, bylaw problems because he he works at City Hall and he's got some contacts there. We're spending Christmas with them, like just fantastic friend to have, and to, especially at my age, to like bond with someone over a game like this is like things that used to happen when I was in elementary school. So it was a very cool experience to have again with someone, and I be, because we played through the whole thing from start to finish together. That's kind of why I lumped them all into into one pick. Are you gonna make me pick one? That's a wonderful hallmark moment that you've got going there, Krabby. <laughs> but, but this is a top five game list, so you, you kind of have to pick a number one. Yeah, you're over by like 110,000%. Yeah, like there's, there's seven extras that you kind of need to cut. Me- Mega Man X is, is perfect. Okay, First the original one. Mega Man X yeah. on the Super I Nintendo. I should play a Mega Man X game. The first one, you should play the first one. It's the, mo- it's the most accessible, I think. Are, are they all downhill from there, or just most accessible? Um, two and three are still solid. Four is really good. Four is probably my second pick. Then they just go downhill really fast after that. Yeah, not a not a huge fan of the X series as much as the original, but there's some good games in there. Some good games. Oh, yeah. It's just the whole animal bad guys thing. I don't know. And the yeah, that didn't bug me. Yeah, no. Even the animals started getting into animals I'd never heard of in my life. <laughs> I want I want to go back to Itchidnuts. robot bosses. That's you know, that's what we need. Robots. <laughs> they, they started getting a little weird too. What, what the heck's a Yamato? <laughs> right. Obviously, uh, something cool. That's all I can. Centaur man, come on. <laughs> Pharaoh, come on. Why wouldn't you make a Pharaoh robot? Ph- Pharaoh man was awesome. <laughs> Th- thanks, thank, thanks for the reference to four. Top top man, <laughs> come on man. Top man, solid. You you watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> All right. So, Mega Man X, number one. Crabby. Mega Man X is my number 2014. one. 2014. And a good friend to boot. And a good friend to go along with it. All right. Bill, it's time to pull the trigger. Far Cry 4. <laughs> well, it's your turn to elaborate. It's, 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 funny, it's funny that you say, time to pull the trigger. Definitely. An hour Far Cry 4. Um, I cannot wait for the... I, I'd like to announce right here that uh, there will be the next uh, 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 RF Gen spoiler cast. 
spoiler alert, is going to be on Far Cry 4. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, Far Cry 4 is every... Because last year, if you remember, I tried to pull a Krabby for my number one pick. <laughs> Try. And pick two games from that the were best. so similar... And so, not similar, but they were they were same developer, same uh, kind of type of game, even though like the the view is a little bit different. Um, I tried to mix uh, Assassin's Creed Four and Far Cry Three. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. I, it was, and uh, I, <laughs> I, I should I should uh, throw in a thank you to Shadow for getting me Far Cry Three for my birthday a couple of years ago because uh, uh, that was still awesome. You're it was like, like you're a lucky man. Yeah, just just a cool thing to for him to do, and. Um, but I'm telling you, like, it, it was close last year. Far Cry, and I love Far Cry 3. And I still love Far Cry 3. Yeah. And I'll fire it up, and I'll fire up Blood Dragon, and I'll just, like, you know, go hunt some animals or do, like, a uh, an outpost or whatever. There's not, like, I still would say there's not, there's really nothing wrong with Far Cry 3. I th- there's things about it that still, like, they don't bother me to this day playing them. But everything about Far Cry 4, everything about Far Cry 4 is better than it was in 3. They just nailed it. Everything. Uh, like, and, and when they first revealed the game, they were talking about how, like, you know, the elevation was going to make a big difference. So some of the first game footage they showed was, like, you know, jumping off of mountains and, like, you know, like, wingsuiting down. And I was like, uh... I, uh like, I, I just want to walk around an area and <laughs> no, like, you do don't. some stuff. So, and then you come to find out, like, oh... It still is that, but you can also do, you know, the driving your ATV off a mountain and then switching to wingsuit, flying <laughs> squirreling down half a mountain, then hitting the parachute just to slow yourself down, and then uh, wingsuit again just for good measure. <laughs> and, oh, there's like a, a, a grappling point. Let me just grapple that, and now I can just like continue the game on the side of this mountain. Uh, a- a- everything. Um, it's... Uh, 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 it, very similar to uh, 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 Far Cry Three, and that like you know, it it only takes like a half hour of playing it to kind of know if it's going to be your kind of game. Um, everything about it feels great. The shooting feels great. Um, the driving feels great. You do have to change it off of this really bad default driving mechanism where like everything's on the left stick. I I I, I played the whole game in the default. So nah. Well, you were bravely uh, to play it in the default, uh, but uh, it is now. I had to switch to gas on the right trigger, brake on the left trigger, like a regular person. Yeah, sure you can. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, and this, you know, obviously this is why you know we didn't blab about it too much when uh, Chris mentioned. Mm-hmm. But uh, Chris, now feel free to elaborate on the things that uh, you thought uh, would come up later in the list, which I it mean- definitely did. <laughs> I mean, just like the co-op stuff when mm. you're playing, right? I mean, I think that's brings such a big part to it because it's, yep. you know, like like Bill. Like, okay, well, I'll play with Bill. And Bill's like, Bill a lot of times likes to be strategic. So I know that. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. Bill, how do you want to do this? You know, are we are we going in stealthy yep. or I'll go yeah, over I'll, here, you go yeah, over I'll, there. Right. Like, I'll, I'm going to go over this side. You go, okay, like, sounds good. And I, w- I would sneak up. And the game – and the, that's, that's the one thing that I will say about 3 that I'm the least uh, big fan of is – there is co-op, but it's not the main uh, island or story mission or anything. It's like a whole separate like list of missions. So this game, it's just... And they could have implemented it a bit better, but that's just on the technical side. I really wish that you could just be in your world... And then, like, a dude could drop into it as long as he's on your friend list or, like, pre-approved or whatever. But the whole game has to, like, reload, and it's a pain in the butt. But that's just a technical, uh, you know, uh, uh, gripe. Um, but, yeah, so you'll be in there, 
and every little thing. So like I could be looking at a guy and I don't have to say to him, oh, hey, dude, I'm I'm pointing at the guy who's on top of the thing. When my crosshairs are on a guy, it gives him an indicator on yep. that guy. So he's like, oh, Bill's got his crosshair on that guy. So and that leads to some funny moments because I'm like, listen, uh, you're OK. I see who you're aimed at. I'm aiming at this guy. OK, one two three and then bam now we take two guys out but then sometimes uh chris will see who i've got crosshairs on and i'm like i'm gonna take this guy out and then the guy just dies and chris is like don't worry about it (laughs) 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 it's so much fun and you really like like the, the the problem people have with Far Cry Three is like the story is a bit unbelievable and it is oh, but yeah. I I never it never took me out of it like I was always like okay this is what it is and it's you know that's just how you know you were on vacation like in this place and you got kind of captured by these uh, like guerrilla you know type uh, you know uh, militants uh, on this tropical island um, but that you know but then like you become like this like you know badass killer like out of nowhere and you're like you know doing all these crazy kills and like you never held a gun before so the story is a little bit more believable you're returning to your home country to spread your mother's ashes or to return your mother's ashes to the resting place that she wants them to be at um and then you find that there's this conflict and you know because you have a a, uh obligation to your family and, the, and your family was a very important family in this fictitious uh, country of Kirat. Um, you feel obligated to stay and help. And it's a little bit more believable in the way things go. Uh, the characters are fantastic. They're not like, you know, kind of ge- like as generic as they were in number three. There's some returning characters, which are great. Um, the voice acting is top notch. The, uh, uh, the, uh, main, uh, bad guy here going up against, uh, character's name is Pagan Min. He's the one who's got that pink suit and the kind of the blonde, uh, uh, like kind of hipster comb over type, uh, uh, hair. Um, the voice actor who plays him is a voice actor. is a very, very popular voice actor. He's in everything you've ever played. His name is, uh, uh, Troy Baker. Um, most recently, he was the uh, main guy in the Lord of the Rings, um, the Mordor, uh, uh, Shadow of Mordor. Right. Um, he was also Booker in uh, Bioshock Infinite. Um, if he was in Batman Origins. Yeah, too. He, yeah he took over uh, yeah. Uh, for Mark Hamill. He's in Last of Us as well. Yep, he was. Uh, yeah. uh, he's the main character in Last of Us. He's literally in everything you play. Um, and. Unlike other voice actors like Nolan North, like whenever you hear Nolan North, you're like, that's Nolan North. Even though he's awesome, you know it's him. You never know it's Troy Baker. Um, it's a fantastic character. He's very funny. Like all the Far Cry villains are very good. Um, just everything about the game, top notch. I, I could I could keep going on about it. Um, I'm sure we will in the uh, spoiler cast episode. Um, uh, everything about it just feels like remember like chris you were saying like this is ex- like bravely default is absolutely what you want packaged up in a game sell it to me every day yep it's like this is exactly what i want like to a t exactly the game that i want to play and i can agree for this kind style of game i'm right there with you and yeah. if it didn't have some heavy contenders against this year it would have it would have it would have creeped up there but it just had some tough ones to go against for me this year right but uh, yeah, fantastic! Loved it to and, death. And and Krabby, it's a it, it uh, Far Cry Four was released on disc. Oh really? Yeah. So we got physical. <laughs> uh, we got a physical version. When when is this spoiler cast scheduled for? We haven't scheduled it. <laughs> it's not scheduled. 
we know it's we've actually had uh, uh, requests. Yeah, people have um, asked us to do it. Yeah, I've actually. Uh, uh, which, which is, is, awesome. is this beyond just you two asking each no, other? No, seriously. Yes. Yeah, seriously. No, yeah. And, <laughs> so, uh, and Chris and Chris has actually uh, told me uh, that uh, there's uh, there's been some communication uh, that uh, the spoiler cast episode is uh, a fan favorite. Yeah. So uh-huh. we had some discussions on what to do next, and we had some uh, people requesting this game, and I'd be more to more than happy to uh, play more of this game and talk about it. Question: Do people actually want me on the spoiler cast, or was I too much of a downer on the, the Bioshock one? I didn't hear any complaints, so you're more yeah. than welcome if you would like to play Far Cry Four, Krabby. I would love for you to play Far Cry Four. If not, I, then we'll. I did we'll say talk about I want to want to try different games each month that that my yeah. peers recommend that take me outside my comfort zone, so that that would fit all of those requirements. <laughs> well, take take an Xbox One home. We will play with you, and it's a blast. Mm-hmm see what i can do all right all right it's a blast and and get a uh i i have a couple of uh what do you call them like the the trial xbox gold cards i can send you keys for he so. still has an next subscription oh good no that, that that expired a couple months ago oh did i did, I, I did not renew <laughs> we could get you can, some 48 hour I, codes. I can watch my netflix now without subscribing that's so right I they took I that don't need uh, it anymore they took that gate off there yeah and we could probably get you a couple 48 hour codes or something I'm sure I could get some through the store, too. Just nobody ever uses those things. Yeah, they don't, really. Pull them out of a bunch of games, they'll be set for a year. There you go. A friend of mine just recently hit the limit for amount of time you can have on Xbox uh, Live. (laughs) For free? Uh, No, no, I guess, guess, well, he just, uh, he he, uh, had purchased or gotten his gifts, like, uh, you know, several one-year cards. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. he was, but he also, like, he collects the two-week cards to like go to a store, open up all the cases, and take all the two week uh, cards that are like in the case out. <laughs> so he's uh, and he got like a card for Christmas or something, and uh, he tried to put it in, and they were like, "You have reached the limit." <laughs> oh, so you can like, play so many years in advance? He's, he's got thir- thirty years of Xbox Live bank now. Yeah, well, I think a three is as much as they'll let you bank, but he's also got codes in reserve. So once he gets a little bit further out, he can apply the the next code. So nice. Like, I'm good for another three at least. Jeez, I expire next month, so I'll have to start looking for code soon all right are we ready to finish this up with my number one if you want to say far cry 4 again i'll allow it (laughs) anybody want to take a guess i i gotta guess all right dark souls dark souls i want to guess too (laughs) okay dark souls dark souls (laughs) you like you read my mind yes dark souls is my number one game i played in 2014 Man, where do I don't? Where do I start with Dark Souls? Um, we, we still have to have our conversation on getting started with Dark Souls with I am, Chris. I am so ready. I yeah. am so ready for that, Bill. Whenever you want, I'm, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I'm no, sure no, no, you, guys, people... you, you guys have both played, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I remember Krabby saying this is uh, something he enjoyed too. I just uh, I, I need the tutorial. And I'm guessing you played it last year, Krabby. Um. Yeah. Before I opened the store, so it was. Or no, not last year. So it would have been. It's a couple of years old. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for some reason, this just kind of slipped by, and nobody had ever really said much to me about it. Uh, I don't know why, because this is like perfect for me. But I'll yell louder next time. <laughs> I guess I don't remember you saying much about Dark Souls. No, I, I talked a little about Demon Souls way back when. Yeah, I don't know if I really championed this one too much. 
Yeah, but uh, so Dark Souls. Um, I, I, if you don't already know, which I'm sure it's an older game, a lot of people probably already know, but um, the game probably is most well known for its supposed extreme challenge uh, and difficulty. But I don't know if that's fair. I mean, it's tough, but it's fair. It, it's it's like like Battletoads or Ghosts and Goblins. It's it's just mm-hmm. the hardest game that people know about. There's way harder games, but they're not as popular yeah right. and i don't think it's as painfully punishing as those old games were right? um, yeah I, I think the punishing part might come in from having to restart large areas if you die and really i don't think that happens a ton okay. i mean if you're careful if you're smart and you play the game well i mean that's the yeah. thing it's one if of those you're... games where you have to learn how to play the game if you're running in like like Devil May Cry or an action game like that, you're gonna lose hard. Yeah, smoke, <laughs> smoked in a heartbeat, right? You just don't do that. It's a lot like you have to think. If I am this guy in this world, I'm a mortal and I can't take a million hits. You know what I mean? What would I do? Well, I would kind of creep around here and check this out, and oh, I've got to think about how to take because there's like three of these guys over here. I can't. So, you just can't go like, well, I'll just go in there and kill them. Right? Okay, so that so there is no guns blazing option. Um, if you're very good, now I've seen like, well, you watch some of the high people that are really good at this game. They'll be running around through the whole game naked with no armor and just beating mm. the living crap out of everything. <laughs> I mean, if you are excellent, can you play as, can you play as sure. a woman? You can. Okay. Um, with no clothes. <laughs> well, I mean, they have like barely any clothes. I'll just say that. Loin. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, unless you are ridiculously good at the game. But you'll see, like, people on Twitch that do, like, naked runs of the game, which you'd have to be – you have to be insanely good to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's a game that's extremely rewarding to, when you get things done. So, I mean, you know, the idea of the game is that you're um, one of the hollow, and the hollow are basically like the undead and you start off the game, and you're in this prison, and that's where society sort of sends the ho- the hollow to, because they don't know what to do with them or whatever. They just send them to this prison to kind of just live for whatever, locked up. So you um, are escaping. Um, I don't even know if they really explain why you're getting out. I don't remember, but um, it's a prison. Why, you, why wouldn't you want to get out? <laughs> right, but you are sort of like some chosen one, right? Of course, you always are. Are you describing Eco? N- no. <laughs> I think so. It kind of sounds a lot like the beginning of Eco. Um, so, you know, that's it. You you finally find, you get not too long, you get your way out of the prison, you end up in this world of Lord Ren, and the best thing I think at all about the game, or at least to me a huge thing, is that it is this real connected world where it's not like some of these games where it's like oh i'll go to level one and then i come back to the hub and oh i'll go to level two everything connects to everything so you might go down this one path you go in through something you're finding a way around and all of a sudden you find some elevator or door that opens up and you're like holy crap i'm back over here where i was before that i you know now you have this quick and easy way to get back to this other area that you couldn't you couldn't do before. Um, so you'll open up these shortcuts so you can kind of traverse the whole world. But it's not crappy like, oh, it's a warp to be here. No, I mean, they literally all connect in this world. And 
it gives you a wide variety of classes. It's sort of this medieval kind of story to it where you can um you know get be a warrior you can gonna be a a rogue kind of character you can use there's like uh three different kinds of magic that you can use um and it's very much has a lot of rpg trappings you know there's stats and everything and if you really have to understand how the stats work and you know you have to live and die via your combat skills and the bosses are tough, and you have to really learn how they work and use smart tactics to beat them. I don't know. I mean, a crappy anything you'd want. Oh, and there's <laughs> multiplayer, right? So you can either bring in people from that want to co-op with you, or you can also fight people if you want to do that too. So I mean, I don't know, crappy. What would you add? Anything? I think you hit the main points and and then a few. (laughs) All the trappings of Dark Souls and why they are good. Yeah, it's just so well done. What would you say to the people who are afraid of the reputation of the difficulty of the game? Just learn the mechanics, right? Learn how the systems of the game work and you'll be okay. Take take it slow. Don't assume you know how to play it right off the bat and like you like don't compare it to another game and run in and try and play it like that other game right were it's you, dark souls yeah. were you guys both able to play and figure it out on your own or did you need to have someone show you or watch a youtube or twitch video or something um i read some tutorials mm-hmm. that explained to me how the leveling system worked and how the weapon system worked because when I was first playing the game, I didn't understand. I'm like, okay, well, what should I level up? I don't really understand all because you got these stats, and the mm. game doesn't tell you very much. Right, and that, and that was one of my main problems in starting. And then when I first started, and I, you know, you can choose like a perk or something. Like you can choose like an item to take with you or something like that. Yeah. And I was talking to my uh, my sister's boyfriend who loves, and my sister's boyfriend, he's kind of one of those guys. Like he'll play like FIFA eleven months out of the year. And then he'll play, like, one other game, you know, like, uh, just, you know, something that, that interests him. That other game was Dark uh, Souls, and mm-hmm. he, like, for, for months, it was the only thing he played. He loved it. So I was talking to him about it, and I said, yeah, so I started playing, and, like, I took this item, and he was like, ugh. <laughs> and he was like, you shouldn't have taken, you should have taken this. And I Always was like, take well, the master key. Yeah, and I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like, how am I supposed to know that? And he's like, that's the problem. There's a lot of stuff you're supposed to know that you don't know when you start, and you either have to like trial by error, or someone has to like walk you through it. So that's why I stopped playing. I was like, I'm gonna get the you know a tutorial from somebody before I you know get frustrated with it and then don't want to play it. Yeah, and the game really, there's no tutorial. There's mm-hmm. no. It's just learn it. So, so what happens when you get into battle with a skeleton? Is it like, yo, press left trigger to block, son? Yeah, I mean, you have to use the controls. So, like, left bumper is hold up your shield, if you have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your right bumper, right trigger are your light and hard attacks. And you can also parry. So you can parry a blow, and then you can also repost, you know, if you parry their blow, and then you can do, like, a hard blow. Um, so there's a lot to it. I mean, it's a very... How do you fight animals? Uh, well, at the same time, you can block... Right. So like but you, can't, thing, so, you can't parry anything. So if like a four-legged thing is charging you, and the game hasn't taught you how to do anything, what, it, what do you? Have, is it just instinct, or do you have to figure it out? 
I think probably one of the first things you have to learn in that game is, man, keep your freaking shield up. Crabby, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you agree there? Oh, yeah. Keep your yeah. freaking shield you, up. You, you want to walk slow and defensively. <laughs> just, just rubber band that bumper? <laughs> Not quite, because there's also some downsides in some cases of that. But um, just understand that everything is coming to kill you viciously, okay. right? Everything is coming to kill you all the time, 100%. <laughs> so... It's just kind of learning the rhythm of the game a little bit, and you don't even have to be melee. So you could say, "Oh, I want to be a, a use magic instead and be more ranged." You can do that. You could say, "I want to do melee and ranged with like a bow or a crossbow." You can do that too. I mean, and there's no, you're not locked into anything. If you start as a, a warrior and you go, well, "I want to try some magic," raise some magic stats, do magic, no big deal. Um, you start out as a caster and you go, oh, you know what? I really kind of need some melee. Do melee. Now, of course, you're probably better if you try to focus on one thing or the other, but the game doesn't stop you from... You, you start out as Caster Troy? Something like that. No, Pollux, actually. <laughs> oh, Pollux Troy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to take his face. We, 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 got a, we, got a, we got a fan over here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um... I, I found speaking of that, I, that's that's one of the things that I found uh, uh, in uh, Skyrim is uh, you know I was very much uh, fretting the decision on my class early on, yeah. And then as you get further in the game, it's like you know what, like you know just use just use magic, like raise the stats up, like get some magic perks, and you can switch to magic. So then when people are starting the game, I'm like, listen, don't you know spend three days deciding a class, you know, pick the one that sounds really good to you. You can always kind of like move your stuff around. So it kind of sounds like you can do that to a certain extent in this yes. game. Yes. Okay. There's nothing stopping you from raising any stats. It's just if you pick warrior, the stats for using magic are going to start off really low. So mm -hmm. it's going to take you more to get them up to what you need. Whereas opposed if you know you want to use magic going in, pick that class, you'll start with higher stats in that area, weaker physical combat stats. Now, is it one play character that you keep, or do you play multiple playthroughs with different classes, different characters? You can. You have different save slots, so if you okay. want to make different runs with different character types, feel free. How how high does the level leveling system go? Oh God, uh, I don't like know if you could ever cap it. Uh, really? Okay. Well, I suppose you could theoretically, but probably like level three hundred something. I don't know because you could get every stat to ninety nine, but it would take you probably forever. Mm -hmm. um, and it the stats kind of plateau; their benefit starts to plateau. So beyond a certain point, there you don't get as big of a boost. So you probably would not, be, you know, be worth your while. And you wouldn't need to be that strong anyway. I mean, God Almighty, you should be able to beat the thing, not with being like that kind of crazy level. But uh, I don't, man, I don't know what else to say other than just it's fantastic. I just had a fantastic time with it. I love to come back to it. I was thinking about the game. You know, it's just one of those things where I just wanted to keep going back to it. Even when I die, I'm like, you know, it'd be a little frustrating. So I'm like, oh, I can do this. And, you know, it might seem punishing to die and whatnot, but it's never bad. I mean, I never had a point where I went like, screw this. I just went, okay, I got to do it better next time. And that was it. It was really good. So that is our top five. Now, I think, did somebody say they had special mention? I had an honorary mention, honor, but if, honor. if we weren't doing honoraries, I didn't. I don't need to mention it. Well, 
Well, I guess you can if you want to. It's, I don't. it's a it's a tiny little itty bitty game that doesn't take very long to play that just surprised the heck out of me. And uh, uh, I just thought I'd mention it. It's a it's a PC game um, surprise uh, called Solar Two. Now, in Solar Two, you play a very small, very tiny, just piece of you know, like space rock or space dust, and you can move yourself around in space. Um, and you can <laughs> either do a controller or WSAD on the keyboard for up, down, left, and right, and that's all it is. You just all you do is move around. And there's a little gauge that says, okay, like this is how much mass you need to amass until you become the next size up. So you start off as like a, like a pebble, and the next size up is you know a small rock. And the way you become bigger is by absorbing, you know, by gravity, like other small objects, to make yourself bigger. So you just kind of floating around space, and then you be- you slowly become bigger, and then it's you know the the gauge goes up, and it's like okay, like now you're a small asteroid. And then it, you know, you, you keep getting larger. So, and then you become, uh, uh, you get enough mass to become a small star. And then you keep going around, and then you're no longer absorbing things because things will damage uh, you as a star. So then you want to get close enough to a small planet that it will orbit you. And now you become a small system. And once you're, and now that you've got, and so you do that for three, four, five, six different planets. Now, each of those planets can get larger by absorbing asteroids, or you can position them to have other things orbit them. And the goal is just to become so big that you absorb everything in the galaxy, you become a black hole. And uh, if that's all you're trying to do, it takes like 20, 25 minutes, uh, you know, probably if you're good uh, to get to that point. Then you become a black hole, you absorb everything in the galaxy. Um, You can be eaten by other bigger black holes, so you got to be careful, but once you get big enough like the big bang happens and like the universe is shattered and then you start off again as like a little piece of rock and it's just so <laughs> i don't even know the word but i just it was in my steam library from some humble bundle sale a while ago i fired it up and I, like an idiot staring at my screen like flying around space for like you know a couple hours it was so cool and so different And so fun, like, you know, just describing it, you're like, who would ever have the thought to do this? But it's just so serene and so peaceful. And, uh, you know, besides for smashing into things in space to increase your mass. Um, But it's called Solar 2. So I assume there was a Solar 1. I didn't look into it or look it up or anything. But uh, just even check out a YouTube video. You can kind of get a basic uh, idea of how it goes. It's very inexpensive. It's like less than five bucks. Um, And besides just becoming bigger and bigger... That like once your planets get to a certain size, they become uh, life planets, and then they have like little force fields, little ships that orbit them that can fight off enemy ships, and this like all happens automatically. But uh, uh, besides that, there's like uh, if you just don't want to like you know keep re- you know read every twenty minutes, just redo your universe. You can save systems. So, like if you have like eight planets and they're all really highly leveled up, you can save that system. So if like you accidentally run into something bigger or something destroys you, you don't start again as a little space rock. You can like load that system up and start again from there. Also, there's challenges. So you'll 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 go up to a little planet and it's like you know protect it. Like show this planet you can protect him. So then he becomes part of your system and all these enemies come in and you have to protect that planet. So there's like a dozen challenges for just kind of like. Uh, uh, achievements or like extra fun or whatever, but uh, it was a real big surprise um, for something that simple and that you know just small to really kind of just 
grab my uh, attention for as long as it did. And uh, it's it's just it's just really cool and unique and interesting. And I wanted to mention it. Cool, cool. So it's like Katamari in space. Is that yeah? It, it gave me kind of that sort of <laughs> vibe because because Katamari, you're just like you know, just keep absorbing, keep absorbing, keep absorbing. And this thing, it's it's not quite that because you have to absorb for a while. But then the opposite happens, and like okay, I can't just. You're, at first, you're trying to crash into things, so you're absorbing it bigger. But then once you become a star, doing that same thing will damage you and make you a smaller star. Um, so you want to gain mass, not lose it. So uh, the strategy changes depending on what f- uh, kind of phase of life that your interstellar uh, body is in or your celestial body is in. Um, but just really, 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 really unique and interesting and cool. And I liked it a lot. Interesting. All right. Anything else to add, Krabby? I guess my honorable mention would just be that the Wii U was fantastic for me this year. I've, in my top 10 list, I've got like half of it is Wii U games. Well, yeah, I know you had yeah. a, a pretty good time with it. That's Did, for sure. Uh, Bayonetta 2, so good. I got to get there. Oh, man, <laughs> so my good. backlog is so big. So big. I know it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to our top five. We'd be interested to hear what your top five is uh, for the games that you played in 2014, new, old, or otherwise. Tell us why our ideas or our list was good or why we stink or or whatever you like. But uh, give us some feedback. We'd like to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Collector Cast. Uh, Krabby, boy, nice to have you back. Yeah, it's been way too long. I know it. So hopefully it won't be as long next time. No, we'll, we'll make sure it's not. Good deal, good deal. Bill, always always wonderful to have you. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy being here and hopefully didn't talk too much. And uh, look forward to do it again. Now, uh, a couple places you can find the show, as always, right? So, the first one being CollectorCast.com. Crabby, it's been a while. Do you remember where you can find the show? (laughs) Podcast Pickle, of course. Of course. (laughs) I was actually talking to a coworker at my other job about the podcast just two days ago. Yeah. And he said, where can I find you? And he said, are you on Podcast Pickle? (laughs) (laughs) It's an important site. It's, it's so funny that you live so close to the owner of Podcast Pickle. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we chose that site. Who is the only person <laughs> who's using it. It's hilarious that someone would ask for that by name. Uh, Bill, where else can they get the show? Uh, where else do you need? You got the pickle. and uh, <laughs> But no, it's, you can. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned RF Generation. Uh, dot, well, we mentioned RF Generation throughout the show, but RFGeneration.com uh, is where we post the... Uh, uh, the show we're right in the the front there, and uh, it's where uh, all of our hearts lie. Mm-hmm. And we also are on the major places, so iTunes. You can catch us and subscribe there. You can get us on Stitcher if you want to download the Stitcher app. Yeah. Podomatic. Podomatic has an app, so if you want to download that one, you can catch the show that way. You can get it where Krabby used to post uh, NES completion videos. Hey, hey, I'm working on one right now. Oh, cool. Hey. Uh, cool. Yeah. What's the next one? Um, well, they're doing the Kid Icarus playthrough on RF Generate now, and I haven't done Kid Icarus for my channel yet, 
So I thought it was a good opportunity to to fire it up again and get something uploaded on there finally. Awesome. Nice. So if you're uh, uh, interested in listening or finding future shows and f- learning how to uh, finish Kid Icarus in the most efficient way possible, YouTube is oh. where you can get all that information. Uh, if, if you want to see an efficient Kid Icarus video, we need Duke to post one. Mine's, mine's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough game. I didn't video my playthrough. I'm I, I sorry. The, the first playthrough years that I watched was Castlevania 1. And mm-hmm. I, I I got like halfway through it and like you died and started at the beginning and I was like that's so cool that I get to see him learning like you know the little bits of the game that he's got to get better at. Hmm. Oh yeah, there, there's lots of, lots of learning parts <laughs> in my videos. Absolutely, uh, and don't forget uh, I'm going to be better at mentioning this. If you would like to donate to the show, do it. You can go to collectorcast.com. There's a PayPal donate button right there. Please feel free. Anything is fantastic and greatly appreciated. Join uh, the elite ranks of Disposed Hero and Wrestling Man. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, every, keep every, in mind... Everyone, everyone gets a chevron to <laughs> sew onto their jacket. No, they don't. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, CollectorCast. Very easy to find us. Uh, or again, at RF Generation. We love to hear from you. Appreciate all of our listeners very much, and we will catch you next time.